This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Hafta. अंग्रेज अपना लगान और न्यूज लॉन्ड्री अपना हफ्ता कभी नहीं छोड़ते वेलकम टू अनदर एपिसोड ऑफ हफ्ता वी आर रिकॉर्डिंग टुडे फ्रॉम अ रेलेटिवली रेनी दिल्ली एट थर्टी इन द मॉर्निंग एज अपोज टू यूजुअल आफ्टरनून रिकॉर्डिंग्स एंड टुडे इज थर्सडे द थर्टी ऑफ जुलाई बिफोर आई गेट इन टू द हेडलाइंस आई वुड जस्ट लाइक टू इंट्रोड्यूस द पैनल एंड आफ्टर दैट मनीष कैन गेट इन टू द हेडलाइंस Uh, Maharaj is on leave. He's gone back home to Jammu and Kashmir, the Union Territory of Jammu and Kashmir. Uh, joining us in office are Raman Sir and Manisha Pandey. Hello. Thank you for making it so early. And joining us from Patna, Bihar, is Anand. Hi, Anand. Hello. I, I am in Mumbai. I am from. Oh, how how what are you doing in Mumbai? How do you get from Patna to Mumbai? By train. Oh, okay. All good. Yeah and joining us from the US is Suraj Yengde. Hi Suraj. Hi Abhinandan and hi everybody. Hi. hi. Uh, I'll just give an introduction to you. I have your book lying here on our desk Caste Matters. But before I read a blurb of that book, uh, Suraj is an award-winning scholar, activist and an author in the field of caste, race, ethnicity studies and inter-regional labor migration in the global south. Currently he is involved in developing a critical theory of Dalit and black studies. He is the author of the book Caste Matters and the co-editor of the award-winning The Radical in Ambedkar. He is currently a senior fellow at the Harvard Kennedy School and an inaugural postdoctoral fellow at the Initiative for Institutional Anti-Racism and Accountability at Harvard University. He has been nominated to India's highest literary award the Sahitya Academy Award and is the recipient of Dr Ambedkar Social Justice Award in Canada in 2019 and the Rohit Vimula Scholar Award in 2018 so welcome Suraj thank you so much so um before Manisha gives us the headlines um just a quick idea of this book i actually just got it a couple of days back so i haven't read it yet but you just want to tell me and our audience specifically what it is that this uh, book kind of takes on or explains or analyzes um this book uh, tries to make an argument for the necessity to have a dialogue on caste in india uh, so that if we are able to talk about it Uh, then we can discuss about the next steps of annihilating it um, and that's why uh, the intervention comes through a first person experience and perspective uh, with an academic uh, fervor uh, plus of course uh, to make a case that the issue of caste has to be handled uh, along with dalits the privileged caste folks so we can have a collective struggle uh, because our own caste wars have to be fought uh, in our own private circles beginning with our family um, extended family and of course the larger caste network so that is uh, the aim of the book but it also enhances some of the underappreciated experiences uh, the sensorial appreciations of the dalit life uh, the dalit uh, humor and the dalit love uh, the dalit experiences of uh, rebutting uh, the wild form of uh, atrocities and everyday oppressions so it tries to present a composite picture uh, for a 21st century as to how 
do we deal with caste if at all it has to be dealt in a radical fashion to approach it um and could you just tell us a bit about yourself other than the kind of resume intro that i gave you where did you grow up um you know where are you from um your schooling your growing up years your childhood years where 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 did you kind of navigate your way before you made it to the harvard kennedy school of public policy i i was i was i am born and brought up in nanded a city in marathwada uh, maharashtra um and uh, that's where i did my schooling um and then i i'm a lawyer i studied law and then i went to uk on a government scholarship that is given to the sheril caste students uh, i studied master of laws uh, in human rights uh, mostly focusing on international public law and then i worked for the un in geneva then of course came back to england uh, worked in london and chose to give up on the global north and decided to go somewhere in africa and that's why i chose south africa i went to do my phd uh, in anthropology and history uh, from the university of wits that's where nelson mandela or oh. the likes of robert subukwe uh, studied revolutionaries fighting against apartheid and then after that i went to um uh, the us so i've been here at harvard this is my sixth year now um and various capacities the latest being of course the fellow and postdoc simultaneously at the kennedy school and the department of african and african american studies where i hold a research associate position right thanks uh, so before we get into the discussions of all that made the news and didn't and should have and shouldn't have manisha what are the headlines what gave us uh, sleepless nights or entertainment <laughs> So India has a new education policy uh, this was just announced last evening and it's making headlines today uh, there are lots of changes uh, one of the changes is of course the union uh, ministry of human resources will now be known as the education ministry to put the focus back on education um, we can discuss this a bit saifuddin source uh, there's video that went viral with uh, saifuddin source in his own house being under house arrest uh, the government meanwhile has said that he's not detained and sc has dismissed his wife's plea the video quite clearly shows that it's almost an illegal detention i mean it's not almost it is sort of an illegal detention a delhi professor hani babu has been arrested in the bima koregaon case over maoist ideology his wife called it a joke and a farce this is a series of uh, arrests that have taken place of professors activists in this case nia meanwhile has a posoda bardwaj's plea uh, they're saying that she's getting the best treatment in jail bombay high court has directed nanavati hospital to submit report on varara rao's health it's deteriorating and his family members have been wanting him to get out especially in view of covid but that's not going anywhere right now five rafael jets landed safely at ambala air force station i think this is the only time when a plane landing safely made so much news <laughs> usually plane crashes make news but this was just wall to wall ridiculous embarrassing coverage we saw yesterday of these jets landing uh, there are a lot of reporters stationed in ambala though you you couldn't record or do anything because there was a security cover Uh, there's going to be the ram bhumi poojan on august 4th by none other than the prime minister which is also my birthday so if any of you want to photo nariel on uh, you know your laptop and send a subscription to news laundry's way on that day and just say jai shri ram feel free 
pay to keep news free i'll appreciate it as a birthday gift <laughs> that's a good one ayodhya administration has put restrictions on television news i'd really like to see how this plays out you can't um, you can't have heated debates you can't have it among a crowd you can't uh, attack anyone in this debate and you can't call people from the other i mean controversial people controversial people with suggestion it seemed to me that they don't want to call people who opposed the building of the ram temple the other party basically so if they don't want fights and controversial people that uh, arnab and times now will not be broadcasting that day no no, no, no arnab, in case arnab goes there <laughs> he has to give an personal undertaking that he will not cause any uh, no but that is if you go there but this is also true for panels and studios yeah, this, this is, is this, this is order is not restricted to what you're doing in ayodhya it's also extends ah, to studio me hmm. uh, mayawati has moved the supreme court against bsp congress merger in rajasthan the flood situation remains grim in assam and bihar in fact we have a really detailed report on uh, how assam uh, media covered it in assam you guys should check it out because it gives a lot of details that delhi media didn't um the sushant singh rajput case has taken another twist uh, his father has filed an fir against riya chakravarti in patna so news channels now from going after outsiders and karan in karan johar and yrf and all are now going after the girlfriend hmm. delhi government has launched a job portal uh, there's a sedition case against a political activist in manipur uh, this is continuing in the trend the state has had even journalists being slapped with nia and being jailed for almost a year so that kind of continues in manipur uh, the mumbai in the mumbai zero survey 57% respondents in slums were exposed to the coronavirus and 16% in residential societies twitter has removed coronavirus misinformation video posted by trump and they also disabled his Batty. son's twitter account for like 12 hours or something so What something did he, do? he posted a fake news of okay. of i think on hydro whatever chloroquine queen jo bhi hai so um those are the headlines uh anand can tell us a bit about what's happening in patna although now he's in bombay but i'm sure he was there till a few days ago but first um let me you know just discuss this caste annihilation and you know be speaking about it with suraj suraj uh, i have two specific questions one is mm-hmm. that um you know uh, in fact for the longest time i've been wanting to do this long podcast on um on this what they call chamar pop in punjab they, they you know that the first album was akha putt chamarande and was very successful i don't know whether you've seen the videos on youtube and then part 2 came part 3 came and there is this reclaiming that word and you know like the jatsik yo yo honey sing type of pop these guys of course there are a lot of references to guru ravidas and all and i mean mm-hmm. even you know kanshiram had started off i mean although it became a baba house in up you know it was started in punjab and in maharashtra you see a lot of academic scholars and activists who talk of caste i guess that's because of you know uh, dr ambedkar's legacy and an icon always then gives rise to more people who kind of look at him as a hero but can you explain or is it just because i see it on youtube is punjab and maharashtra two places where you have had this pushback is it just my imagination or are these two states outliers in pushing back against dominant castes kind of dominating their narrative in pop culture and general society or uh, is, is it as good or bad as anywhere else i mean uh, in addition to these two states uh, there are a few others that could uh, fit the bill uh, one of course uh, is karnataka uh, we have tamil nadu uh, up more precisely 
and also the Madhya Pradesh, uh, Bihar, and you know uh, uh, West Bengal. Although you know Bihar Dalit politics was very strong, but it was mostly Congress-led uh, political uh, space that they had captured. More precisely, Babu Jagjivan Ram uh, almost was pitted, you know, as a way as a contra to Ambedkar. But the other states that I mentioned also have had a very solid kind of anti-caste base uh, more just uh, politically or even in pop culture uh, or in the pop culture terms um, i think three states i would add uh, maharashtra punjab and tamil nadu uh, simply because uh, these states have uh, had a rich legacy of uh, fighting back uh, you know dating several centuries um, and also the uh, embracing of a uh, Dalit identity, but not through a Brahminical lens, but through a lens of uh, a new, for example, you know, you are not part of Brahmin Dharma, but you are, for example, you are, you are Buddhist, uh, or, you know, you are native, or you are Naglok, or, you know, you are uh, Tamilian, uh, who are original inhabitants, a Dravidian identity. And I think that's how it kind of start, you know, working. And of course, we know uh, pre-Guru Nanak, also, the movement uh, was heavily, you know, inspirational uh, through the, you know, because the, the Dalits in Punjab uh, are, are close to 30 percentage. And so that's the kind of uh, huge number that kind of works side by side. And that's why I think also, you know, Punjab in this case very, is very peculiar uh, because Punjab, uh, of course, due to the feudal relations and we saw the catastrophe of uh, a green revolution. Uh, especially the decades uh, in the recent years. And what that has done is that has, in a way, uh, worked uh, almost uh, first is exodus, you know, the exodus of Punjabis, especially the people who were Dalits who left uh, Punjab. And, you know, of course, they came back with a certain uh, capital uh, to sort of, you know, building houses, to sort of emphasizing themselves. And, and by left, you mean left for overseas and made money? Yeah, 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 yeah. When I when I say yeah, when I say exodus, I mean so I, I just use that word intentionally, especially to connote to the you know uh, the 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 rural violence. Uh, but also, uh, you know, there was a lot of Dalit consciousness that was existing uh, in in that region uh, because uh, of the sheer number. Uh, but also the movements that came out from that region were very much head on. You know, they didn't they didn't look. Uh, uh, juts as higher that was the difference because uh, but juts owned the land and that's the only symmetry that kind of changed the status uh, and that's why in, in in punjab they say juts are the brahmins uh, right. because they try to imitate the brahmin form of oppression upon dalits and i think that's why we see punjab is a very you know unique kind of case in in, in that way that has really uh, almost subverted the narrative and you know uh, we did the same thing i mean it, it was in canada i was here in vancouver and the uh, the punjabi diaspora uh, one of the activists uh, had actually uh, you know counted how many times juts is used in specific songs and it was, it was so revealing and the way the jut uh, is used not just as a jut pride but also to make other people feel low <laughs> so mm. it's, it's a very you know one can be proud and still make everyone feel welcome. But the kind of jet pride that was coming out of that was very toxic and masculine. And so that's why we see a very uh, curious kind of, uh, you know, 
history of Punjab. And also, you, you one should know that Dalits were one of the earliest uh, migrants who went outside. So when the Punjabis left, so who were Punjabis? Also, Dalits were part of that Punjabi, uh, you know, demography. Right. So when you say that this conversation around caste, uh, your book Caste Matters is talking about why that's an important conversation. It has to be had um, uh, in not just from the perspectives that dominate discourse. Uh, mm-hmm. You think that conversation isn't happening or is happening, but it's noise and not in the way that is constructive or productive? You mean, uh, uh, could you maybe, maybe in conversation in the public sphere, like non-Dalit sphere? Yeah, in the sense that when I'm consuming information through newspapers, through political speeches, through when I see Mayawati mm-hmm. talk, you know, that famous victory of hers, I think it was in the early 2000s when she won an absolute majority, she swept the state. And, um, mm-hmm. so, and, and you know, primetime debates for a long time dominate caste equations, especially when elections around the corner. One sees conversations around this, uh, but... I guess they don't get anywhere. What do you think is wrong with the discourse as far as news is concerned, politically, and even in other ways, you know, through drama, theater, cause, and, and books such as yours. I mean, news and political leaders aren't the only way this conversation can happen. I'm sure it can happen in other ways. What do you mm-hmm. think is wrong with this conversation the way it's happening right now? I mean, I don't necessarily see it as uh, anything wrong happening. It's just that, you know, the... Uh, the the microphone is not amplified enough. Uh, you know, it needs to. You know, the volume needs to be increased. They have been always speaking. Uh, you know, to give a, that same example that we were just discussing right now. Uh, why would, for example, Maharashtra Dalits or Punjabi Dalits or Tamil Nadu, you know, would be so, uh, you know, uptight and you know, loud in their response? Is also because you know they had their own forms of expressions, the musical forms. It was not just like responding to jets only. It was always existing, right? And that is the kind of base upon which Dalit politics uh, was developed. Uh, and and in, in UP, for example, because that becomes almost like a, a political haven uh, for a Dalit discourse, especially for the non-Dalit uh, perspectives uh, to understand. And Mayawati almost becomes a default uh, Dalit uh, person, you know, that one needs to identify. And I think that's partly correct, but also one has to understand that, um, uh, you know, Kanchi Ram, for example, you know, had really, uh, you know, given a counter culture to uh, the existing Brahminical culture. And that's why we see, you know, Jalkari Bai as opposed to Rani Lakshmi Bai becomes an icon. You know, of course, you know, he celebrates Sulan Devi as someone, you know, as, as I think it's the year 19. 19- probably 81 or something around that as, as the year of Fulan Devi, you know, he, in his oppressed Indian, he has her, her as a cover photo. So there, there is, there is a lot, especially uh, counterculture wise that's, that's happening, uh, but also in a culture of uh, what we call the quotidian uh, Dalit involvement has been central to the functioning of Indian cultural sphere. Had it not been for the Dalit uh, genius, the Dalit creativity, the Dalit uh, genre, uh, it would not have had even, you know, gone anywhere. But it's just that the acknowledgement uh, of that has remained very, uh, you know, very uh, curiously silent. Because, for example, any of your colleague 
who is a Dalit, uh, you know, or in anywhere it's space in India, if a Dalit claims his, her, or their Dalitness, uh, the other person feels attacked all of a sudden. Hmm. Uh, they feel this is, you know, they say, why you, why would you even mention that? I don't look you at as a Dalit. Um, hmm. My, my, you know, in my NCC, my colonel, my commanding officer wrote to me an email because I had asked for reparations for Dalits. And he said, why do you want to bring this caste issue? Why do you want to divide India? <laughs> so hmm. uh, so what that, hap- what that means is my assertion of my ancestors and embracing of my past becomes a problematic understanding of why this doesn't get recognized. Because even though I have stories to tell, I have music to sing, uh, I have comedies to share, I have theater that I've been building an entire uh, performance on. I am not accepted for my Dalitness. I'm accepted for my non-Dalitness, meaning I can provide Dalit story, but I should not be a Dalit. It's almost like taking away my soul out of me. And it's, I mean, you know, we can see comparisons here in America in the early years when the blackface was very popular. They wanted black people, but <laughs> they wanted blackface, but they didn't want black people. Uh, and almost in, in analogy, India almost you know mimics the Western episteme, and I think we still still take a few decades to catch up to what is happening in America right now. I wanted to actually ask you, um, uh, Suraj, if you're following the Cisco case, it hasn't really uh, made much news in India. It hasn't been covered as it should be. But I was curious about how it's being reported there. Um, and if the media there is aware, like an NYT or Washington Post when they're covering the case, uh, I mean, is there an awareness of what caste is or what caste discrimination is? And how is the Indian diaspora reacting to it? I mean, what are the kind of conversations happening around Cisco, if you if you know of? You know, I think in India also, um, there have been coverage. I don't know about TV coverage, but at least the print media yeah. uh, have been, or you know, also uh, non-print media. Uh, such as yours have been, you know, taking keen interest and mm-hmm. promote, you know, are doing interviews and extensive reportage. Uh, as regards to NYT or Washpo, uh, you know, they know about it, but also, uh, you know, it's a very American-centric way of looking at the world, and so that kind of, you know, gets lost in translation, if you will. Um, but you know, they had two op-eds by two Dalit women uh, who wrote about this issue in a very, you know, in a very interesting and providing a first person perspective. Uh, As to Manisha, your question, do they know about it? Most certainly they do. Uh, You know, they've been, you know, very much aware of that. Uh, But the interlocutors of South Asia most likely belong to the, uh, you know, upper caste. caste. Mm. And so that's where, you know, the liberal uh, values that fit the American empire project kind of fits in to understand. So, you know, America, the way they look at it, America is the way CIA looks at uh, the world. You know, they look through regions and, and it's a very arbitrary um, uh, formation of a certain region, you know, and so they want to feed that market. So it's, it's kind of difficult, but, you know, uh, the, for example, uh, the, um, uh, the Boston-based, uh, so I mean, the, 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 the PRI, the Public Radio International, and the Pulitzer Center sponsored a research on caste in America uh, about two years ago. Philip Martin, an African-American journalist, actually came to India, came to my hometown, Nandir, spent some time. And, you know, he did like, uh, he along with his colleagues 
uh, did an extensive report on that. And Isabel Wilkerson, uh, the first uh, African-American woman to win a Pulitzer a Prize a journalist, she uh, wrote a, a, a huge, uh, 12,000 word uh, New York Times magazine piece on American caste system. I really encourage you all to read uh, simply because it gives a perspective of, she calls a race is a skin and caste is a bone of American social hierarchy. And she, of course, she has come to India. She kind of uh, presents how uh, caste system was American uh, in its, you know, since its uh, antebellum era uh, and how the likes of Charles Sumner, one of the early abolitionists, had actually identified the, uh, the malady of American social system as being of that of caste. And, you know, there was also a journal publishing here out of Boston, where I'm right now, uh, that was called Caste, uh, very interestingly. Uh, and, and of course, you know, we have the concepts like Boston Brahmins, uh, which is basically to say an, an, an absolute top uh, where you cannot challenge. And so the Boston Brahmin Club uh, is a club where uh, almost you have to be born into that, you know, legacy family for you to have access. So it's almost, you know, replicating that instance. Uh, and then that could also mean because of the colonial experience, because the British Empire also had a, uh, you know, as we know, whatever was published in British Empire was circulated within the empire, at least to a certain extent. And that could have been, uh, you know, one of the ways. Uh, so I think there are, uh, there are conversations that are now coming up. And I think uh, uh, with people like me and many more uh, Dalits who are here, uh, it will uh, get certain space uh, as, as it should. Right. Um, Anand, if I could just come to you before we move on to other, uh, you know, things that made the news. Uh, when it comes to caste, politics and even the popular culture, you know, Bhojpuri cinema, Bhojpuri pop music has always been very popular. I mean, it's like Punjabi music has gone across the world. Maybe from Bihar, Bhojpuri music hasn't gone that far, but it's still big. It's it's not a small marginal thing. It's pretty mainstream. What has the, you know, Dalit experience or the Dalit artistic expression been uh, politically in Bihar, in, in your understanding, and also through the pop culture uh, avenues that that we see that are prospering in Bihar? No, I don't see uh, very vibrant forms of Dalit uh, expression in popular culture here. But it's in, uh, say, literary forms. Dalit writing is there. Dalit literature is there as... Uh, he was mentioning that uh, the Dalit movement uh, since the days of Jagjivan Ram and uh, then a section of Dalits in, uh, in Bihar, the Dalit demography is generally seen as Mahadalit and Dalit uh, with this, uh, uh, they have uh, divided subcasts within Dalits into these broad categories. So, uh, and later, uh, there are strong uh, Dalit, a section of Dalit leader, if I may say, under Mr. Pashwan. But uh, in popular culture, Bhojpuri culture, OBC representation is there. Uh, some of the most uh, popular uh, singers and even actors in Bhojpuri cinema are from the OBC 
but uh, the Dalit voice in popular culture, in particularly, uh, is not there. Uh, but one has to see that Bhoj Bihar is not just Bhojpuri; it's just one of the dialects. There is also uh, Maghi. Mathli, Bajika, and uh, other dialects. So, uh, in those so, so, so all the music videos and the films we see, which we just categorize Bhojpuri, are those actually another dialect? So that is actually just Bhojpuri, or have we just put Bhojpuri onto everything? All the songs that we see are are now, there others? See, Bhojpuri, Bhojpuri is. Uh, a dialect which comes from the Bhojpur district in Bihar and uh, its speakers respond to some parts of Eastern UP also. But uh, uh, it is limited to few districts of Bihar and few districts of UP. And uh, since uh, Jharkhand was uh, two decades ago part of Bihar, so it has some uh, in um, a number of uh, speakers there also, but uh, there are uh, uh, large parts of Bihar are Maghi speakers, Mathli speakers, Bajika speakers. So Bihar is not just Bhojpuri. So that's all. Right. Um, now, before we just move on to the new education policy, which Raman, so you can tell us a little bit about. I have a question for Surat. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Surat, this is Raman. Hi, Raman. Hi. So, no, I just want you to, uh, how do you view the political leadership, uh, you know, Dalit political leadership in India? I mean, I have this Kanshiram uh, uh, Dalit leadership, I mean political leadership. So, after Kanshiram, I clearly I, I see that uh, this Im impact of Mayavati is waning. So, so do you think that uh, any, any, prominent Dalit political leader emerging in India? Raman, I think it's it's a part of evolution of any uh, democracy, especially the post-colonial democracy that, you know, it has always found uh, itself to be adjusted uh, uh, into, you know, making a, a new identity-based politics. And every identity-based politics, India is basically a, a, a petri dish of identity-based politics. And I don't say this in the terms of condescendence. I mean to say in a positive sense as to how beautiful such diversities are there with us. But, but because of the caste-based attitudes, it does just gets ugly. In the uh, Dalit context also, it's the same, right? Uh, because um, after Mayawati, of course, uh, the BSP uh, will, will again, because BSP is a very Carter-based party. Uh, it has very strong roots. In the recent years, unfortunately, we don't see much of cadreization happening uh, as much as aggressively it was happening uh, with uh, Kanchiram because Kanchiram also had Bamsif uh, that that actually did the the heavy lifting on a ground level, and it was basically an organization that was promoting social harmony. Uh, so with uh, with the alpha character of Mayawati, if you will, there are also you know other alternatives almost operating in every district. Uh, in popular, uh, you know, of course, where there is a huge Dalit consciousness, there are very well-known grassroots, uh, articulate, smart, uh, uptight uh, Dalit leaders operating on district level, taluka level, and they provide a leadership. And, you know, Dalit leadership basically means is to uh, not only provide a political voice, but also have their grievances addressed or have a say in uh, police cases or, or or the daily dealings with the government officials because you know the, our 
uh, Indian democracy is a red tape uh, democracy. And I think uh, that's how the leadership kind of works. And that's why the organic forms of looking at this is to literally pay attention to the decentralization of the political future. Uh, we, we can, of course, have few centers, not one. But if you, for example, go to Tamil Nadu, the VCK party uh, led by Tol Trumavalavaran, uh, and you know, of course, there are two MPs, him and Dr. Ravi Kumar. Uh, you know, they have they are they are their own world, and you know, of course, they pay attention to what's happening in the north, uh, but also you know, they have a very strong presence to uh, usher uh, a radical voice uh, into the uh, you know into the otherwise uh, Dravidian dominated spaces. So. Uh, what what we you know what we see uh, in this sense is there are new voices that are coming and of course the media it highlights few individuals uh, that doesn't mean that is a wholesome thing you know because uh, media manufactures leaders we know in India uh, and they are known to manufacture leader and they manufacture Modi as a leader so similarly that is also among the in, in the Dalit community that is the same. Uh, situation, but also you know we, the wing the wings are changing, Raman, because uh, there is a lot of you know uh, uh, a distrust in the political system right now, uh, and uh, with the current dispensation, by the time they will go or not, who knows? But they will leave a very cracked, very disturbing form of society, uh, where it will probably take you know two Ambedkar's and two Gandhis. Uh, to kind of fuse, uh, to really bring back again the little bit of you know confidence that people had in electoral democracy at least. Wow. Okay. <laughs> that's that's rather grim. Um, uh, so so before I move on to the rest, just quickly, um, I just if can get a quick view. Uh, I don't know how fair it is to ask you this, uh, Suraj, but because you are there, and I don't know how much of Chandrasekhar you get to see over there. But he was at mm-hmm. least till three, four months ago before COVID, he was often in the headlines. Actually, and I, before the Delhi riots. Before the, and I, you know, went and interviewed him and I met him. And uh, honestly, I wasn't impressed. I, I, I didn't <laughs> think he was that serious. Um, uh, but it was just like a banal interaction. Uh, wh- what is your view of him? You think he is someone who could actually emerge? I think, you know, we should give Chandrasekhar some time for him to, you know, get his uh, foot. I mean, it was after, of course, Aman, Aman Sethi, when he did that a report on him for the Quint, that's when it kind of, you know, people started taking notice of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the work was already going on, right? And and so what has happened is, I think, uh, you know, there is a sudden enormous pressure uh, on the Saranpur guy who has been slapped with draconian laws. Uh, and, you know, you really need to be, especially when you don't have any uh, political class who is standing by you, and you know there is no muscle of uh, you know financial as well as you know on the national level. It's 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 almost you know and and you know you operate on constant threats, right? And and I think that's why I'm sympathetic to Brother Chandrasekhar simply because uh, what he's trying to do is at least uh, you know get the uh, local talents from across. When I say local, what I mean is uh, the people who are really on ground uh, to to get you know. So at least think about alternative politics that we can do, and people who are frustrated, of course, from Mayawati and you know uh, the other political uh, factions that exist among Dalits, uh, to to kind of you know think about you can also be, and you know he has he has very much taken upon the message of Kanchiram, 
because you know Kanchanam is the one who, who who changed the scenario of politics. And but I think uh, you know Chandrasekhar or anybody will have to have to embrace Kanchanam. We really need to do do the cadreizing. We really need uh, intellectuals working day in and day night, uh, day in and day uh, day out uh, to 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 sort of uh, promote a new cultural. Uh, uh understanding of society because things have changed and 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 you know so my 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 faith is with people like chandrashekhar or other leaders that they start cadreizing and cadreizing in a very uh old fashioned uh camp sense where you invite you talk about your ancestors you talk about the greatness of them you talk about the kind of fights they led you you talk about mata din bhangi who led 1857 revolution and it was not a brahmin mangal pande uh, and and you you kind of bring out uh, the subaltern basically your ancestor stories uh, and i think that will been uh, then frankly you know if you will will take some time <laughs> hmm. you know right now he's he just i'm sure inundated with too many requests to respond to uh, situation things, and, right. and and that's why i'm, I'm that's why i'm slightly uh, critical of media that you know you should you should give people more chance especially talk not only about uh, you know reactionary kind of responses so you you know you see almost every other media channel go that shoves the mic in 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 his mouth almost to to ask him to comment on certain thing and you know and he is young have, yeah, and he is very young. he's and almost it, he's almost like 10 15 years younger than i am i mean and it's, it's true that uh, i mean whatever i've seen of him like in shaheen bag where he was i mean it was like michael jackson had arrived on the scene people went crazy oh right he has a huge following so he has a huge, and i think <laughs> he seems a little stunned by his own popularity you know he seems it, to me it seemed like he couldn't believe he's so popular hmm. so uh, yeah maybe it's true that he needs to take time and maybe move away from delhi politics because i do think that coming here and doing the anti ca stir to me what worked against him also back then was that he was there before the riots everywhere you know at jama masjid and once, and the, once the riots happened none of these guys showed up they just kind of evacuated the scene and you know the local residents then sort of were just alone in dealing with whatever they had to deal with so maybe like suraj said just focus on local politics and getting people around you categorizing at a very local level hmm. before just jumping onto the also, delhi scene I, i think one thing is one forgets because you know as a reporter when i was young i've interacted with the mayawati or i've spoken to paswan especially in my early reporting days and those guys had very thought through it confident views about anything that i threw at them whereas chandrashekhar i could tell was not sure on a lot of things he just so yeah i guess it just needs a little time and he is young and he hasn't had a mentor like kanshi ram and whatever said in mayawati was a brilliant woman she still is i mean when you read uh, you know behan ji that and to we working as a teacher while doing law in the evening yeah i guess i mean you know i mean and then i think and also manisha you know the point is you know see Uh, to, you know, you are very rightly pointed out, Avinand. Then you know, you know, see, there is always an infantilizing of a Dalit political leadership. You know, people always want to mock. People don't want to give them the credit for the intelligence, their organizing capacity. You know, Paswan, for example. You know, <laughs> Ramilas Paswan, of course. You know, a huge, towering leader in the Janata movement, right? Mm. Uh, and 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 and, but you know, and, and people would say, Paswan, कितने ज़्यादे वोटों से जीता है? They would not say कितना जीता, you know. So that's that kind of margin. Hmm. and and you are very right whenever i interact with these people they are sharp as you know like a razor swiss knife they speak they know what it is and and i think and then and then and then i'm thinking like why did i think otherwise about them and then i go like oh yeah some bloody 
reporter or somebody media hmm. or something has happened that really presented this distorted view and what that's what i'm saying ki you know for example um, many of these people are intellectuals you know right. if you talk to them about intellectual you know issues you will enjoy the kind of uh, prose they will throw at you they will, mm. you will enjoy the kind of ideas they will take you to uh, but what happens is we are just you know looking for dalitton pe atyachar hua to behan ji kuch bolo i mean she is going to say but you know she can also say other things that luxury is given to bajpayee bajpayee ji kavita batao फिर वाजपेयी सुनाएगा अपने एक्सेंट में नहीं जी आजकल तो कपिल सिब्बल से ही पूछ लेते हैं और एआर रहमान कंपोज भी कर देता है सो यू नो व्हाट आई एम सेइंग सो व्हाट आई एम सेइंग इज लेट्स होल्ड द सेम बार टू अदर यू नो डोमिनेंट कास्ट पॉलिटिकल स्फीयर बट दैट डजंट हैपन सो व्हाट आई वांट टू डू इज फॉर एग्जांपल जो इनको सवाल पूछ रहे हैं टेल मी द वन टाइम यू वेंट टू ए ब्राह्मण लीडर और अ खत्री लीडर और यू नो देश के बारे में दलित लीडर को भी पूछा नहीं जाता है देश के इशू वो बीजेपी संभालेगी कांग्रेस संभाली दोनों भी ब्राह्मण लेड पार्टी है दे विल नो हाउ टू रन तुम तुम्हारा सिर्फ वो तुम्हारे जो अठारह उन्नीस परसेंट लोग हैं उनके बारे में और उनके पास क्या हो रहा है उनके औरतों के ऊपर छल हो रहा है उनके औरतों को जो मर जाती है तो उनको वो क्रिमिनेशन ग्राउंड नहीं देते हैं एंड यू नो दिस काइंड ऑफ एक्सट्रीमली यू नो सर्वाइविंग न्यूज सर्वाइवल काइंड ऑफ फ्रेम दैट अप्लाइज इट रियली पुट्स ट्वाइस बर्डन राइट वन इज टू फर्स्ट ऑफ ऑल यू टू कम आउट ऑफ दैट रोमैटिक experience and try to speak something that really makes a legible sense and second is then you know try to critique a system and that's where you know uh, we often kind of default uh, and i think that's my hope is to kind of change uh, that narrative and, and perception of of a dalit uh, uh, experience well i i hope you do and uh, good luck to you anand so before we move on to the issue on uh, the education policy and its revamp you have any comments on what we been discussing so far before we move on to the next subject no 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 comments just a piece of information that uh, rambilash paswan uh, before entering politics he was a uh, deputy superintendent of police oh okay. so uh, he he cleared the state uh, civil services and he uh, um, was assigned a dsp position so uh it's not just uh, that uh, uh, he had uh, no background uh, or uh, educational background and uh, he learned um, uh, earned his spurs in politics in public life he had a, he had a career before him and he sacrificed it to, to join public life i see you know in, in, it was in 1969 actually you know anand uh, you know yeah. he, he in the same year he got into dsp and also got into vidhan you know some yes. <laughs> mla or ek sath ban gaye the <laughs> many people don't know thank you for pointing that out so thanks uh, now before raman sir tells us about the education policy I had a couple of announcements by the way thank you uh, many of you after my appeal last week we have seen a bit of a spurt in subscriptions so i appreciate that but even going forward the next 3 or 4 haftas will be free they will not be behind the paywall because we are still integrating our new website uiux 
with the podcast player so our subscribers have a completely friction free and seamless experience but as long as it's free i do hope subscriptions don't drop off because remember you're not just paying for the hafta uh, even the hafta is you know put together by snigdha aditya lippi harshula editors produ- producers they work but you're paying for a reporting you know on ground reporters who are reporting so that is what you're really paying for so don't look at it as just maine paisa diya hafta mila while i'm sure hafta may keep you entertained on the weekends with one and a half hour conversations with wonderful people like suraj who do come but do continue your subscriptions even when hafta is not outside the paywall uh, sorry even when hafta is not behind the paywall uh what you can do for the duration that it's free for the next 3 or 4 weeks is you can share the hafta with five people you know so that if they like it you know they may also want to contribute because you know we don't take advertising because we say when advertisers pay advertisers served uh, we only depend on new subscribers so do share it with five people you know the hafta you know nudge them request them to subscribe uh, that's something you can do for as long as it's free and um like i said there are other projects that you can also contribute to we have a new nl sena project it's called india's custodial debts um as many of you had followed the story of p j raj and his son j benix in tamil nadu uh, who were horribly beaten to death uh, so as per a recent report india saw an average five custodial deaths every day in 2019 uh, why is there such an endemic problem what's being done to fix it uh so we are going to take this up as a new nlc in our project and those of you who did back the real india's unreal estate nlc in our project and the delhi riots i hope you liked the kind of reporting that is being done with your contributions the delhi riots is still not over so we've got five stories out right now we are going no, to no, have no we've got three stories out so far uh did one went up yesterday also right ha huh. okay including that three huh. but so we will but we're going to have you know Yeah. a lot more it's not yeah. done i've been for the and and before sena also we had one big story on uh, delhi riots so we got four on uh-huh. delhi riots so when it's it comes a... to sena three okay but otherwise we had we four had four so we will be continuing to pursue this we aren't just going to abandon it so do back our journalism and i do hope you will now sir there is a new education policy uh, one is that the cabinet has renamed human resource and development ministry as education ministry yeah Other than that, what are the significant changes? Can you tell us? And maybe uh, Anand can weigh in after this. I'm sure he would have read about this. No, I think uh, it is quite significant uh, because the last policy, education policy, we had in 1986. So this one is coming after 34 years. Uh, I know it for a fact that uh, they wanted in in 2014 itself. They had made it clear that they were going to come out with the education policy, and in the past. Five six years during the BJP government, uh, this is also a fact that RSS was very keen on HRD minister. So so uh, HRD ministry. So uh, in fact, uh, it was said in the second inning of Modi that uh, Javadkar lost, you know, his ministership because he wasn't giving the uh, RSS was wasn't very mm. happy with it. But after seeing this policy. i must say that rss uh, you know has not been able to do much uh, you know in shaping it accepting the fact that which is uh, not just rss in fact many educationists also say that uh, you know you should be taught in your uh, mother tongue mother you know, for the half uh, that's that's class. a bit problematic because mm-hmm. let's say i'm in a transferable job and 
I have a child who's like six years old who's studying in, let's say, Maharashtra, hmm. and then I'm moved to Gujarat or I'm moved to Punjab. Then the child has to learn Punjabi in class three onwards. No, so it? what it says is that wherever possible, the medium of instruction until at least grade five, but preferably till grade eight and beyond, will be home language, mother tongue, local language. So wherever possible is the operative word. I don't think this will impact private schools as much, but definitely, uh, I think it it relaxes the burden of teachers in school to, to learn know English a right. and to you know inst. I'm a little on fence on this because I think one is that I, I mean, we know that English is an aspirational language and we do want, I mean, that's just the reality of how it is that, you know, you do need to learn English for certain uh, jobs or to get ahead in life. What this will do is for private schools, it doesn't really matter because I think that'll just go on the way it does. And uh, in other schools, I think that the younger you start with the language, the more chances are there for you to pick it up. So what will happen is that, especially if you're a first generation learner, like if your parents don't speak English, then your only avenue of learning it is in the school. And if from the school, it's just okay to not, you know, learn it till sixth. And suddenly after sixth, you'll have to sort of hmm. be okay with it. You're going to be at a huge loss. I mean, rich kids can afford tutors and can, and you also have like, I'm a second generation English learner. So my mother and father would speak English and I learn at home. Hmm. But if I don't have the avenue of if I don't have that at home and I don't even have at school teachers instructing me in English and suddenly after six I'm supposed to be you know knowing English it'll become become very difficult other than this what are the other uh, I think the policy uh, changes the uh, is quite flexible I mean say in the this uh, you can have political science and you can have a science subject too now yeah so 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 earlier i mean it was such a compartmentalization right. of science that's good the flexibility that, that flexibility is great also flexibility. they have opened india to foreign universities yeah. this is something that the rss was really against yeah, against uh, and a lot of a lot of people this was actually something that was proposed earlier by kapil sibal so and there was and a lot of opposition a, uh, because uh, you know it was believed that the tuition fee would go up and it would just and all the talent would also be sucked into the foreign universities so there'll again be a huge gap but that's being allowed now. But we don't know the framework of exactly how that will play out. They've done away with MPhil also. Mm-hmm. Something which I was doing, I remember. Really? <laughs> from GNU. Uh, so... so the, maybe, the, uh, the dilution of emphasis on boards is great. Like uh, board exams have now just kind of... Right. What is dilution of emphasis? Colleges will still ask you for that result, right? So what is... I mean, yeah, what well, colleges... Mean? Well, no, no, see, the th- uh, we need to see how they are going to implement it. But mm. uh, they are going to ensure that anybody who is out of the school will have at least one skill. The skill emphasis wasn't... Wasn't there earlier. Okay. Okay. So that's a new thing, an emphasis. Ah. Okay. Ah. Um, Anand, do you have any views if you've been able to read any details <laughs> of the new policy? No, just a few bits of information. Now, the renaming of the ministry as Ministry of Education. So, I would just like to remind that uh, in the 50s, 1950s, it was actually called Education Ministry. And uh, till I think 1957, it was called Education Ministry. And Abul Kalam Azad was the first education minister. And uh, the National Education Day, that is, I think, November 11th, is, uh, commemorates the birth and anniversary of the first education minister. So, uh, it, it, um, this cosmetics of renaming just goes back to the 50s. 
after that hrd was just to i think uh, widen the scope for, and uh, give it a more technocratic name uh, maybe inspired by some um, uh, it was a time of uh, very heavy specialization and technocratic uh, uh, jargon in american in america or american bureaucracies or anyway so uh, that that bit about renaming second is efc when 86 then education policy under rajiv gandhi was there so the if all ncert books uh, when you opened it, it it had nep and the objectives if i remember there was a um, emphasis which no subsequent government or no government prior to it to contest like uh, critical thinking scientific reasoning this that so that has all all to be retained but in a changing uh, pedagogical environment professional environment employment needs learning outcomes and um, the whole Mm, technological revolution in terms of learning and, edu- and education something ha- has to be readjusted to it uh, one of the things they have done in higher education the proposals is that they have done away with uh, they propose to do away with mphil course uh mphil was seen as unnecessary in many universities many universities didn't have it some universities like most of the central universities did have kyun kya padhate kya mphil mein main to ba pass hu to mujhe koi idea nahi hai to meri tarah bhi kuch honge what is mphil ma after your hmm. post graduation hmm. um, i i i went to jnu i hmm. uh, cleared this jrf and uh, you had to give preliminary exam and then the interview hmm. then you get registered for uh, mphil and then phd तो people can just go and have full throttle research in and in uh, by enrolling in a psd program so uh, yeah, that is one in higher education i am seeing uh, saying i am not talking here about a school education second is that they are going for four uh, year graduation program uh, so uh, that is what they have proposed instead of the three year uh so uh that is also a long standing demand uh, uh, from a certain uh, certain quarters but what i 
am concerned about not only this, but all kind of education programs, is that there has to be a balance between the newfangled ideas of uh, educating people and edu learning outcomes, creativity, and uh, critical thinking and this. That is very good, but you cannot manufacture originality. Uh, it, uh, it, uh, you can create uh, an environment for its uh, inculcation, but that has not to be at the cost of the critical parts of information, means uh, the um, quality of learning outcomes is okay, but uh, there has to be a certain degree of quantity also. Just uh, thinking about some problems, thinking creatively and originally about, but you need to have a history of the ideas or the history of things that have already been done. And that is what is the breadth of information that you need to consume. You need not to consume it by rote. So road system has to be done away with, but the material that people mug up, that is all not unnecessary. That has not to be done away with. You, you devise ways in which it can be more productively and more permanently inculcated, but just throwing the baby with the bathwater is not the solution. But uh, I don't think so that the policy hmm. is very uh, clearly, you know, talking about critical thinking and uh, this I mean maybe this is uh, one interpretation sure. that Anand has hmm. but I don't think no, I, I think that's his prescription is it? this is uh, what one I guess needs but uh, Suraj you have you have there is talk, there is talk about reducing the burden the curriculum burden now it is important to see what you are reducing means uh, it, it, there has to be more clarity about it there, there is a proposal of reducing burden, uh, what I have seen in newspapers. So, Suraj, you have uh, gained a scholarship across four continents. You've been, you know, to Britain, US, Africa, India. Um, and clearly, you are probably have the most degrees out of all, all of us. Uh, I don't know whether you have seen uh, any of the recommendations of the Indian Education Ministry, but even if you haven't, what would your prescriptions be? What is right and what is wrong in how we educate our kids? What is the reason that Indians are heading Google and Yay and Wo and we keep celebrating our engineers? But apne yaha kuch ho nahi ra, kuch which really excites us other than Raphael's landing from France. And, you know, see, that's the tragedy of, you know, if one joker performs in a circus, we think that's the only, you know, world that we are gone to, you know, witness. Uh, I have, uh, you know, skimmed through uh, because, you know, I am very much concerned about the education system because, my, as you said rightly, myself educated in four continents, uh, I look at India and I look at the poverty of uh, educational distribution because the huge divide between the central board and the state level boards. And then, of course, we have international boards as well. Now, I got educated in state board in an English medium school. But when I went to England, my professor couldn't make a sense of me what I was talking about. Uh, so that was the level of, you know, kind of gap, the way we use rhetorics to even convey something. Um, I, though, at the face of it, when I skim through it, you know, some of the highlights are quite welcoming. 
you know, one of the things they would like to reform, uh, the word they use is quite heavy, uh, pedagogy. <laughs> and, you know, they would really like to, you know, inculcate the 21st century skills. And also, you know, they would like to make it more creative, more experiential. And, and you know, the, of course, as you guys were discussing, uh, to have uh, the mother tongue, you know, as a, till, until at least, you know, grade five, but they are also hoping to, you know, promote it to the to the grades eight and beyond. But, you know, uh, the Sanskrit that they are trying to, you know, uh, have is, is quite interesting. And unfortunately, the policy, the minister who is heading this is a man who still lives uh, in medieval era. Right. And a person living in medieval era uh, cannot uh, prescribe a policy uh, that is conducive to 21st century. So I'm sure uh, some uh, people in the ministry or the people they might have hired uh, to, you know, use this, uh, you know, or, or rather devise this new policy is actually, uh, as the face of it, looks pretty, you know, radical. Uh, one of the things that I like is, you know, the universal access, uh, which is something I would also, you know, recommend. Um, but in India, what we have to see is uh, the, for example, uh, my children, the Roman children, Manisha's children, or any other person's children, Ambani's children, uh, should have access to same schools, same education, right? We should, I mean, the, the, the very, the very, uh, uh, necessity of a classroom structure was there to democratize knowledge. It was not to hierarchize knowledge. And that's why the classrooms are structured in a way where you can sit next to each other. And at least the school I went to, we had a rotation. That means it was made that if you are sitting toward the whole year, you will meet at least three, four new people who will share the bench with you. Uh, you know, but unfortunately, uh, that practice, uh, you know, we created all this new slogans by the way, School Chaliham is a, is a Sanjay Paswan uh, who actually promoted this when he was the deputy, uh, then HRD minister. Uh, but the, the larger scope of uh, this, Abhinandan, is uh, that why should we have disparities? You know, the way we speak English, uh, we speak in a very certain accented English, in a certain cultural English. Whereas a person with a, a regional language uh, who comes and tries to attempt to speak English is almost in this colonial uh, hangover that we almost, you know, pass out on the person who is attempting to. So, uh, you know, that is one of the things. And for me, the whole problem that we have in society could be addressed and very effectively so if we radically reform education. But that would take, you know, deprivatizing. We cannot afford to privatize our essential services because that will then make you permanent customer of an exploitative system. Education should not be somewhere I will go and parcha phadke, you know. So many of us have had education at the cost of a lunch, you know, which was which was basically huge state subsidized. And talking about all the engineers and all who clamor against reservation and you know all of that, uh, you know, they themselves were heavily subsidized when they went to IITs, IIMs, and you know, all the other institutes of uh, you know regional institutes of engineering. So in addition to this universal, you know, uh, education, uh, which which we need, I also think uh, we need a strong emphasis on English language. Uh, the reason I say that is 21st century is not going to be a Sanskrit language or a language of a Vedic science. This is all outdated. 
you know you can you know you cannot create uh, at least in near future algorithms based on sanskrit models now you can uh, write a, a imaginative story as to how algorithms were developed in vedic era which is another piece of uh, you know uh, had a kind of uh, you know wriggling moment but at least what we need is this this multilingual approach but english with an emphasis on english bachon ko angrezi padha uske sath sath they are willing i mean what i mean is like let's have the balance of both languages and if if you ask me uh, uh, you know in in many countries like in switzerland the children are taught to if i'm not mistaken three languages uh, mm-hmm. one is of course the you know uh, the french or german and then english and, and there is another third language either of the german or something like that so you know we the beauty of us is we can do that right uh, and we have like states Uh, that could actually promote such kind of you know uh, linguistic diversity as as we continue to do so i think that's my kind of a short take on this nep but i i really uh, you know in a very uh, in a very brief moment of looking at how it has been designed to make it more equitable make it more uh, sustainable they want to create scholarship for students from you know disadvantaged group and you know what i like they they want to have national research foundation <laughs> this is fascinating mm. <laughs> i don't know why of course we had ugc and other uh, for example especially south uh, social sciences and roman might know especially when he's talking about jrf and all uh, where we had a uh, uh, social uh, uh, science research council in almost every zone which did the exact work uh, but 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 the emphasis on you know research um, and 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 basically making a four year bachelor degree is for you to then be prepared to go to abroad or at least be part of a, a mainstream americanized education which values four year education as opposed to the british type three year education so uh, i mean uh, two things i wanted to just kind of i mean on this whole english thing one at the risk of sounding like an aap spokesperson i think the only state that really was emphasizing that everyone should be taught english was the delhi chief minister who was so that's it's important it's aspirational that's what actually makes social mobility happen and at the huge political risk because you know i'm sure there'd be some lobby that say acha ye angrez hai ya bhojpuri ne sikara hindi ne sikara but but when it comes to the dominance of english at least in my professional life i've seen it when and i saw it when a very dramatic and apparent way um so it when or win when when the win. english dominance uh when i was uh, i joined india today group as a reporter at news track uh, in 95 uh, i think the beginning of 1995 and news track was like by far the most important news magazine in india whether english or hindi didn't matter news track could make governments go like you know vp singh's famous jhagda with madhu and the babri story that uh, uh, news track did in 92 and then aaj tak started in 95 and i remember uh, you know it's a little embarrassing but we all were like that i guess we all came from a culture like that that ye kya reporting karenge sare aaj tak wale you know cuz english to news wale matlab news to english wale seekhte hain hindi wale thoda seekhte dekhte nahi wo to govinda dekhte hain i remember this discussion happening in the newsroom really we'll start a hindi news bulletin i mean don't these people just want to watch govinda and stuff and within <laughs> a year of my time there all the of course now they've become deepak chaurasias and they've completely gone to the loony zone from being the underdogs the newsroom we english speakers were the chutias aaj tak became the biggest thing there is so i'm not sure whether that 
English, knowing English is important, at least in my field for success. So is that true across other fields other than maybe where digital technology is required? Uh, are we overemphasizing the importance of knowing English? No, I think psychologically it is much very, very important to, uh, you know, know English because I have seen many Hindi journalists who are bilingual, mm. they are doing better. Exactly. And that's something that a lot of Hindi journalists have pointed out that even yes. the Hindi journalists who are doing well and Anjana Umkashap speaks really good English. Mm. She's a Hindi whatever star, but she's a very good English speaker. The guys who are purely Hindi speakers are not given the kind of heft uh, in newsrooms, apart from say maybe like a Ravish, but how many Ravishes are there? I mean, this is one person and it's so much more to Ravish than anyone else. But mm. most news anchors who do well or who rise to editorial positions are also good English speakers. English speakers. Okay, um, Anand, uh, Suraj, you guys want to weigh in on that? I mean, am I just uh, extrapolating a very small experience in a small environment, in a small industry onto the world? I mean, you know, um, I look through the perspective of my own life and had there not been English, I mean, and then I would have been, you know, uh, limited in my scope. Um, you know, uh, but also, you know, it has to also have a global touch to it. Uh, so usually what has happened is with the regional, your own mother tongue kind of dominance, which is very important. I am totally in support of, you know, having that scope. But but in the, for example, as a Dalit, looking at this issue, uh, it's already localized. My experience is very much localized and confined to a very certain geography. At least I will have a certain step in to not only challenge the local dominance क्योंकि जब अंग्रेजी में जब मैं गांव में जाके बोलता हूं तो वहां पे जो दबंग है वो भी थोड़ा सा ये करता है कि यार ये थोड़ा अंग्रेजी में बोल रहा है बट इफ आई स्पीक इन अ सेम रेटोरिकल टोन एंड ऑल दे विल नॉट वैल्यू मी सिंपली बिकॉज़ दे आर नॉट वैल्यूइंग मी फॉर माय टैलेंट माय मेरिट माय इंटेलिजेंस दे आर मोर लुकिंग एट माय कास्ट सोशल सोशल मोबिलिटी इज स्टिल लैंग्वेज डिपेंडेंट इज व्हाट यू आर सेइंग so what what i mean is i want dalits also to get a global access to global knowledge knowledge is global and, and unfortunately uh, abhinandan you and i all know it is english that is ruling hmm. you know now that is the fact or why then we should limit nyt news to only certain section of india's population why not you know anybody open and you know of course i mean what i'm saying is i don't want to say only nyt read but the message is that the global consumption should happen in the languages that it is coming firsthand, so it doesn't get very much corrupted uh, in in translation and also interpretation. Anand, your view, you are like you've often said on Hafta, you learnt English very late in life. Uh, you grew up in Bihar in a Hindi medium school. Do you think it changes uh, professional uh, prospects and social mobility? No, my, my failures, you can be certain that it doesn't change much. So, but I I am going back to something else that you said, and I will come to a different point. Then, uh, I don't know why people thought that uh, the Hindi-speaking uh, states or or the uh, Hindi heartland people or people who just know Hindi were not uh, going to watch news. I means uh, the data I means it was a period you were talking about mid nineties and. Uh, Robin Jeffrey's very seminal study and 
of 19, from 1977 to 99 says that India's newspaper revolution was uh, spearheaded by the regional press and uh, Hindi playing a major part. An interesting data is also that by early 90s, uh, and it is very specific to Bihar, the number of newspaper it's, uh, readers in Bihar, and that is undivided Bihar that included Jharkhand, was more than even populous states like UP and Madhya Pradesh. So, and two very authentic, well-researched academic studies have established this. Now, the demography of news consumption, newspaper consumption is a bit more complex than the language divide. It has to do with other factors also. I think some more serious study is needed. Now, second is that uh, what uh, Suraj was saying, that has been one of, uh, there is an interesting uh, difference between the approach of somehow some OBC leaders or the socialist leaders like Ram Manohar Lohia looked at uh, English and his protege like Kapudi Thakur and Rumulayam Singh Yadav looked at English and even technology. They thought it as very antithetical to the idea of indigenous development and Mulayam Singh is a Majwadi party had a very hostile attitude towards English um, till 2012. But the, the uh, like Chandrabhan Prashad, the um, uh, uh, writer or what you thinker you can say, but uh, he has he uh, in, in he has gone to another rhetorical uh, extreme of having a Macaulay Bhavan and uh, uh, worshiping English as a deity because because his his point is that that uh, the sharp suits of dr ambedkar were not just a sartorial statement but a political statement of a uh, of a liberate a kind of liberating force and uh, to the access to education to ideas and um, similarly english was seen as a tool so the uh, uh, Dalit leadership, a section of Dalit leadership and a section of OBC leadership had very different takes on uh, English. Uh, third is, uh, the, there is still an idea of social distance that English uh, has. So, um, like, uh, and that is more to do with the Hindi speakers. Like uh, people who take a lot of pride in their regional language, like say Bengalis or, or say Malayalam speaking people, they don't create social distance once they acquire the tool of in proficiency in English language. But same is not true for Hindi, speak, uh, Hindi speaking people. Once they uh, acquire the tool of proficiency in English, they, they think as they are a different breed now. And um, uh, uh, they will 
look for opportunities to strike a conversation in English. Uh, and, and that I have analyzed this, uh, why this has happened, but that would be a very long discussion. And maybe you should write a piece on that. We'd love to get a piece on that. Um, although I will say, I remember back the time I'm talking about, um, I don't know what the status of it is now, but the newspaper that was boasted about having the largest circulation was a Punjabi paper called Ajit. Uh, which was bigger than any other Hindi, English or any other paper. But I, I don't know what the status is now. Uh, before we move on to Kashmir, um, Suraj, you want to weigh in on any of the things we've said on, on this whole language divide and, and the um, um, you know importance of it? Thank you for asking. Uh, I just wanted to have a quick comment. I think it was Chandrabhan Prasad, the English goddess, and he had also created almost equivalent to the Statue of Liberty, sort of demonstrating with a pen in the hand and I think that was the kind of a very significant and personally when it was shown on NDTV, it was very motivating, especially seeing the uh, young girls, uh, you know, communicating in their English, attempting and in a broken English, but they were speaking and, you know, that really created a, uh, an adoration and admiration to, to their efforts. And you know, we felt, because you see, English has always ruled us hmm. either by the white people or the local white people, meaning the native yes. rulers, uh, you know, they used it for the advance. And now, and when I say Sarkari, you know what I mean is like, uh, you know, regional school, everybody, you know, at the, the proliferation of private schools in up, up to small talukas. I was so surprised in, in some regions of Vidarbha, the Christian missionary schools and other, you know, uh, the institutes, the private, uh, you know, land-owning caste, uh, you know, everybody is having English medium schools. So, you know, we can, we can have a regional affiliation and, and, you know, so much of an affection, we should definitely, but, you know, uh, nobody will take a chance of, you know, <laughs> you know, I, this has happened when a friend of mine or a rather acquaintance uh, who was a Navnirman Sena Maharashtra Raj Thakre's uh, party, and that I'm talking about 10, 10, 12 years ago, I was a very fiery activist and all, when came, when his, when his children came of the age of going to school, <laughs> she was hustling to get these kids into one of the private schools. Right, <laughs> and yeah. And English. I was like, where the heck is your pride? And, you know, then he, he didn't answer. So what I'm saying is, he, uh, you know, uh, see, Ambedkar, had he had he been um, a regional language speaker, he would not have been Ambedkar. Right. I think that's true. That's very true. Um, so uh, I just want to quickly give 10 to 12 minutes each to uh, Kashmir and to the Rafael landing, which Manisha can tell us how it was covered. But I have a few mails... <laughs> Uh, thank you, readers. You've written a lot of mails uh, this time and the mails are going up. So I would request you to reduce the word count. Like, um, I will not give his name because he wants to be anonymous. But you've sent a 1,007 word mail. Uh, so we definitely can't read that. So I will include as many as I can. This mail is from Ayush. Ayush says, you guys are doing a great job all round. I was wrong on nuisance, which I felt will lose relevance. But the news discourse has degenerated to a level that it is necessary for nuisance. Sympathies with the team for having to suffer it. Thank you. Uh, among <laughs> other things, Ayush has also written uh, that he is writing to us because of the absence of a comprehensive discussion on Varvara Rao and the Bhima Koregaon case and its handling. It's appalling how the agencies in the country are treating and using taxpayer money to fabricate cases against activists. The discussion has been muted. This is the same investigative agency that let terrorists go who are now representatives of people. It breaks my heart uh, across the country where people like Dr. Kafil Khan 
uh, persecuted and it seems that we are on our way to becoming Putin's Russia. So I think we have something coming up yeah, on this. Yeah, we're going to have a series on uh, of interviews around Bhima Koregaon and a few reports also. So Ayush, we will be doing some stuff yeah. but I can't promise whether um, legacy media will. Uh, now, you know who you are. AU, those are your initials. You want to remain anonymous. You've written a very long mail. Uh, you have been uh, rather offended by Mehraj's comment before he went to on leave last hafta when Manisha said, can I come with you to Kashmir? And he said, no, Indians allowed. So you have put the sequence of events that led to the accession and why, um, you know, the Kashmir conversation is very one-sided. It's good versus evil, which is the innocent Kashmiri versus the evil army. And it's a lot more complex than that is the point you've made over 1007 words. You have linked several articles. Uh, so thank you for that. I will... Uh, Forward this to Mehraj and when he's back, he'll read it. And you have closed by saying, Mehraj needs to liven up. He's too depressing. So we shall communicate your tell him. offense uh, at his comment. And I'm sure he will uh, address it when he returns. Sonali says, um, in the past couple of haftas, there have been conversation about acceptable reasons for taking leave. I have nothing to contribute on the main issue, which was mental health, etc. But I love it when people indulge in virtual signaling while behaving like zamidars in the worst sense of the word. Zamidars at least owned the capital. However, ill-gotten supervisors in an organization are just employees who get a few rupees more. <laughs> Leave is a legal entitlement for an individual when selling one's time under an employment contract. So whether the person takes leave because they were disturbed by Sushant Singh's death or to go to a jazz concert or hai, or child father mother is ill. Bhenji bhaiya kaam hai to batao ya leave balance nahi hai to batao. Why is there moral policing on a vacation time? Wage slavery is truly a thing. That's a very good point, actually. And I actually first came up with I the... completely disagree. I think it's a terrible point. No, but point. I think it's a great point because it's true that if there is leave in my... If I have leave, if I have 20 days of leave and I take one leave for whatever the hell I want to, it's my right to take it. So, the problem I have with any conversation coming down to right is that there is no debate there. No one is saying you can't. You are judging why you did. So... This, this is the same problem I have. Like, Sonali, I get the point you're trying to make, but I don't agree with the argument you're making. It's like saying, I say something truly sexist or racist or casteist. And someone says, how dare you? That's a horrible thing to say. I say, that's my right. Of course, it's fucking your right. But how sensible is it? So the conversation isn't about what's your right. Because if you say it's my right, then there is no debate on 80% of the things that we talk about. Because most... Things, whether they are good, bad, stupid, ugly, are my right to do. Digging my nose is my right. But maybe I shouldn't shake hands after doing that, you know. So, I think A, it is very reductive to saying it's a right. B, uh, I'll, I'll give you two or three examples. One is, if you've seen the documentary The Last Dance, where Michael Jordan was running a fever, 100 degrees, 101 degrees. He had to play game five of that NBA final. And he fucking played it and won. Scotty Pippen had a shoulder injury and he didn't play. He wanted to prove a point. Michael Jordan is judged for that. No one would have said if Jordan didn't want to play, how dare you not play? Of course, it's his right to not play. But he did. Like, for example, when I have shot with many people while I used to direct shows, sometimes you wake up, it's you have permission only to shoot that day and the anchor is not well or whatever. But the anchor says, you know what, let me just do this. I will want to work with that anchor again. One will say, it's my right to get one day off. I don't want to work today. Of course, it's your right. But you will not be treated the same. So I don't think, I don't see how that's like, I mean, it's it's not a, a compelling argument at all. It doesn't, it doesn't 
negate the point I was making. I wasn't making the point that you can't give leave. But tomorrow, if at election, let's say there's Bihar election happening, and five reporters say, "Yeah, Lok Sabha election." Of course, take your leave, but dude. you will be judged i will want people who know their commitment to their work so we are back to lying for leave just don't no, say sure that you're you you no, you taking it is that there is mental health just say that you're unwell no, it's not and then oh, no, it's fine no, on the mental health issue there's another uh, email admonishing me and i agree with that email i mean i think that's made a very good point hmm. but i don't agree with this just because it's a right you will not be judged for it i i don't think that's, that's no yeah in our profession there are certain goals you have a, you are working on a story and in the middle no. of it you go no. go on leave because it is your right yes yeah, it's really is talking from pain experience yeah. oh, <laughs> so much no, pain but, but, i mean, i, I, I just but, don't know the, what to say sonali the ref- male she is referring to was a uh, was a subscriber who was not in the news industry they were in another industry but nevertheless i think logic stands um uh, then there's this other male um this is from swati apologies for writing another nitpicky mail for the second week in a row on the same subject Uh, in episode 286 abhinandan compared a working professional's request for a mental health day off with a child's excuse to skip school he seems convinced that such requests are motivated by mischief a lack of discipline or a weakness of resolve this is disappointing i don't see why it is so alarming if a teacher reaches out for clarification about a student's religious practice particularly if the student is from a minority community before painting something you disapprove of with a broad brush of overwokeness it might be worth considering the context in which this practice has emerged a failure to honor the cultural resources of minority students potentially alienate these children impede their academic achievement well-being and prospects of school completion urban public schools in the us have historically been very hostile towards black latinx i not familiar with that word but i guess it is about ethnicity and asian children there are a number of studies that describe how schools force compliance with white ways of being and doing researchers and practitioners have spent decades pushing for schools to become more culturally responsive does this more liberal approach place higher demands on teachers yes and i am sympathetic to this might some teachers be overreacting possibly can precocious kids take advantage of this for sure however there is no evidence that suggests a systemic pattern of overcorrection and mischief i haven't seen any signs of this in my first hand exposure to schools in the us and i do my research in education in university in us great Yeah. So uh, Swati b- point well made I I can't disagree with that but it doesn't change my mind about overworkness just to tell Suraj and we are fortunate he's here because he does study there Suraj last hafta we had a discussion on uh, safetyism and overworkness and I uh, I was kind of critical of like having to walk egg sh- walk on eggshells about every utterance and I think it's in the context of the New York Times um editor having to leave and she was complaining that people don't like me and that's so mean of them i was like right. you don't have to like someone if you don't like what they're saying and one doesn't have to walk on eggshells everywhere and the example i gave is i have a family member who's uh, in the in new york and uh, her 10 year old son who's <laughs> who went to school and said i can't come on friday because of course he wanted to do some lafantarbazi because uh, <laughs> we have to marriage and demands i sit in whatever द पार्क वो जहाँ हडसन रिवर होती है समथिंग ही पेलोड इट वॉज अ मोस्ट रेडिकुलस रिलीजियस प्रैक्टिस ही इन्वेंटेड एंड द टीचर डेंट से एनी थिंग बट शी कॉल्ड अप यू नो माई माई फैमिली मेंबर एंड सेट दैट इज दिस ट्रू एंड ऑफकोर्स यू सेट नो इट्स नॉट ना आई वॉज सेंग दैट इन द स्कूल दैट वी आर यूज टू द टीचर वर्ड सेट चुप करके बैठो ये तुम किसी और को देना कहानी एंड आई गिव दिस एन एग्जाम्पल ऑफ वोकनेस गोइंग टू फार वेर अ टीचर इज इवन अफ्रेड टू टेल द स्टूडेंट टू कीप क्वाइट 
So that's what this is response to. You have many experiences and you know across the world and what is your view on this whole uh, i mean am i being too insensitive uh, 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 too too privileged lens i mean you know i mean and then um, i mean <laughs> you know this is so so the conversation that we are having in this time uh, if you had this conversation let's say 5 uh, years ago you know hold up 2 years ago <laughs> you know especially pre me too movement era uh, at least it would not have uh, you know rung so many bells Uh, but now the politics has really changed uh, in the way we interpret every other sign every other consigns and 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 due to that what has happened is you say anything it's almost like the george bush's statement post 911 <laughs> if you are uh, not with us then you are against us hmm. you know uh, so the, the so there is no like a you know middle path that one can say because you know it applies to every other conversation Uh, we have in our society and i for the one out of my experience of course uh, is not a huge supporter of binary politics uh, not at all uh, you know convinced of the merit of uh, collective you know understanding and collective uh, hearing uh, process because you know what happens is that the second stage of what you just spoke of <laughs> overmoken it is almost a laughable term uh, is cancel culture Hmm. because you know if you don't listen and then you know all of a sudden you know you pass a comment and and so in fact as we speak today in the congress uh when uh, when a republican member who was a conservative raised this issue of an editor uh to uh you know they had a they had a meeting of uh, Jeff Bezos uh, uh Tim Cook Pichai uh, and uh somebody else i think yeah so there was the four uh, top notch people in the field were there and mm. and you know so they were asking about how do you censor you know because this editor was not even you know she was center of left is what uh, that uh, congress uh, man raised this point right um, and and so 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 what happens is it's, it's clearly um, you know and, and and simply simply because politics is changing right because now the marginalized subjects are actually articulating your voices and so going back to the latin x latin x is basically an identity of the latin american community and okay. the x is there to degenderize uh, the aspect and so that's why the latin x I becomes see. because then again this was brought out again by uh, the uh, the uh, the lesbian gay trans movement as well as the you know gender justice movement uh, folks who then in- inserted there so so what we have is at one point there was one latinos latinas but then again that was right you know, it was gendered shall we gendered so they added latin x but again again what i recently saw uh, especially and again social media knowledge is highly i mean i'm i'm a, i'm a, i'm the old school guy who will book me chapaina reference tena so i will take my time to you know uh, <laughs> come to terms with it right. you know so i know but so but again on twitter i saw the so there is a new term called women x w o e m okay uh, uh xm if i'm not mistaken the spelling and and so the so the whole politics of that is to you know to be sensitive to the other gender fluid identities uh but then a trans uh, account on twitter said that this is also against trans so so then where do we then you know uh, uh, sort of uh, you know make ourselves uh, you know more uh, digestive and more uh, compassionate to other people's experiences 
uh, and you know, uh, you know, we can, we can, you know, we can develop collectively on. That. And for that, I will need to take Abhinandan in confidence if I want to him to, you know, believe in certain things. I can't just be going around and saying, oh, you know, what that was a sour taste, and you know, but what what I'm saying is, calling out culture is good, <laughs> mm. but also uh, calling out and putting down is it's something. A uh, I, you know, I suffer a lot on, you know, my own <laughs> Twitter and uh, you know, uh, social media experiences. People even, you know, at the length of the gentleman or gentlewoman, whoever the person who wrote the seven one thousand seven hundred, mm. almost of a similar length, people kind of send their grievances about what they feel wrong and and i think uh, uh, you know in my excitement i mean and then because i'm also a responsible person for you know in in my own you know as all of us are i cannot just promote an a a a, a rabbi thinking of um, you know with us or without us you know it it could be yeah, but uh, you're not with us right now but hopefully let's work together so that we can be on the same page so, clearly you're not typical of <laughs> <laughs> of commentators or or speakers or thinkers or analysts in today's day and age but uh, thanks um i i have another mail prithul has made the point again he thought of what i said last week was not quite um he doesn't agree with it uh, and prithul has written a not very long mail but i'll read the key parts uh, his point is that when i said that the person who want to take a day off because they were disturbed by a celebrity's death who they didn't know Uh, he says uh, when nl team does a chat room session where technically they are only seeing their own colleagues on camera and screen but there are other subscribers in the shadows looking at you listening to you asking you questions and getting the questions answered it kind of creates a sense of importance amongst us i can't speak for everyone but last weekend was my first nl chat room session and when me when mr megraj i think you mean megnath addressed my question even though none of the team of subscribers could see or know me i felt good about it and on social media you know everyone like ms bhaskar sometimes they respond to people and he goes on to say when the celebrity dies an unnatural death who you interacted with or have known or watched the interviews at length like mr irfan khan or mr rajput it simply shakes our world i myself was very shaken by mr khan's death i had just watched his movie makbool a night before and i wake up the, to the news of his untimely demise i couldn't get anything done, done that day he didn't even know i existed I didn't know him any better than his movies but when you see an actor in their deep personal being like being in their pajamas in their bedroom talking to you about anything you feel you are listening to your friend and when your friend passes away it affects you no matter what and that is why it cannot be compared to the same thing as seeing someone run over at Connaught Place not saying that your experience was less traumatic uh, but uh, that's not the same thing and that is why the whole culture of safetyism and cancel culture is so deeply rooted in today's day and age and so personal to each individual and cannot be snickered or ridiculed at prithul thank you uh, well made point point taken i guess um, mm, i tend to point. see the world as i am which is insensitive. not true insensitive <laughs> so yeah i guess uh, i i i can't argue with that i have been no, accused no that's a good point all all really valid points yeah valid point i, I guess uh, by, by the way in case uh, you uh, mufat khors who are listening to this hafta for free are wondering what is an nl chat room uh, once or twice a month depending on how busy we are Uh, we come on to a zoom call and that link is sent to all subscribers and you can actually ask us questions which we answer live uh, it's an exercise in transparency and accountability that if you think what we're doing is good bad ugly right wrong and so i just want to add it. to these mails that it's nice that none of them cancelled you or me for 
our views on the leave and instead wrote these mails that have made Explaining us think. Was, I agree. And I mean, I'm I'm definitely more evolved now. Listen, I, I mean, uh, just listening to these point of views make you think about your own position, and that's great. I so learn thank more you from for, our subscribers, and they learn from us. Yeah, thank you for writing to us and not cancelling us. In fact, my views on gender <laughs> have changed across episodes of Awful and Awesome because the first time when I was like even further conservative than Rowling's view on binary identity because that's the world I grew up in I went to an all boys boarding school and it's so deeply you know this is what a guy thing is this is what a girl thing is it takes you a while and wonderful subscribers who just don't say Abhi chuti hai, hat, nikal, gandu, they actually explain the full thing to you so they can at least I can learn and I like yeah I learn something new with every mail uh, Sudarshana um, I've read your mail you said I don't have to read it out uh, you've spoken about COVID and how we can um, have a more informed discussion on COVID. Uh, point taken, we shall for sure. Thank you for your mail. Um, and I have two or three more which I can come to later. But first, uh, let's come to Kashmir. Let's start off uh, with just... Uh, Manisha, you can just tell us the Supreme Court on Saifuddin Soz and then we can just get the panel's view on it. Hi, this is Lippi Vats, the producer of NL Hafta. This podcast was recorded on a Thursday. On Friday morning, the detention of Saifuddin Soz made front-page news on Indian Express and the Times of India, among other newspapers. Saifuddin Soz's uh, wife went to the Supreme Court saying that my husband is illegally detained. And it's been what? How many? It's been almost a year now? It's going to be a year on August 5th. So, um, he has been illegally detained. The central government said, no, of course, we haven't detained him. He's free to go where he wants. Supreme Court said, very good. So, the wives, please dismissed. Yesterday, NDTV's cameras went to his house. The cops didn't let them in. They didn't let Mr. Soz out. And he's shouting from inside, this is Supreme Court, I cannot move. So, that is the... Now, this should, in my view, have been the prime debate across channels. It should have been front-page news and papers today. And all the wonderful papers that we keep talking about, Express and all notwithstanding, none of them had this as front-page news. And yeah. the centre has outright lied to the Supreme Court. A lie that is demonstrably a lie. There's video evidence of it. Yet, mm. fuck that. This is where we are. So, that's the context of this. Um, so, you know, a, a short conversation on Kashmir. Uh, Suraj, if you could weigh in first and then we'll come to Anand. What do you make of the Supreme Court's role in India, especially in the country you're in right now, how institutions are pushing back at each other, trying to keep some sort of a balance going with, you know, Portland, the Joby Katem, Wojo, nameless Foji, and the Portland, I think the mayor or someone is going to court against Trump deploying these federal forces and other states. New York apparently is also, uh, you know, seeing these people here. Do you see institutions pushing back to maintain a balance? I mean, I like the term <laughs> nameless Fauji. It's a very, <laughs> that's, that's, that's basically what it is. And I think, you know, the judicial accountability is, is, is a very uh, cardinal to American democratic experience. Almost every other Western democracy, even I mean, in Switzerland, I was told as to how much of the judge remains accountable. And here also, the democracy is practiced where uh, the political class votes for the Supreme Court. And that's why they try to balance out how successful it is. Uh, that's the conversation of on, on the day. Uh, but, uh, you know, if it's Brett Kavanaugh or, you know, Ruth Ginsburg or other, you know, people of various uh, political leanings, 
they have a very open you know sort of uh, i mean this is my political ideology or you know that's what how i look at justice you know and, and sometimes look at conservative justice or looking to a liberal justice it has its own limitations but also it has its ways of looking at it you know it might be wrong or right is something that we need to really look through the perspective of how individual experiences that and so uh, compared to india you know the judicial system is uh, beyond god uh, meaning you can't even you know uh, have a non trust vote on judiciary uh, we cannot uh, rebel or challenge the judicial i mean we challenge of course the judicial decisions but the constitution of a judiciary uh, with the judges is 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 never part of how we interpret this uh, you know people of course when the when 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 the court supreme court gives a decision and government doesn't like you know they change the law bring a bill and and stuff like that but here's a particular thing uh, there is a diversity that's very central to how us court system works and you know we know us is one of the uh, oldest uh, continuing judicial system they had of course changes Uh, but their case laws and interpretations have really gave new uh, you know laws of you know for civil rights and and other uh, forms of segregation though you know judiciary has played a very important political role in india too that happens mandal commission and various other important cases shahbano and, and others in in this case what happens in london uh, if you look at the uh, 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 the supreme court judges and high court judges and look at the caste matrix matrix as to how it uh, what caste person is represented and what gender again of that is represented and then look at the kind of judgments they give because you know even when justice verma was there as much as problematic he was uh, he himself gave in one of the speeches said uh, you know the influences of judges background as kind of you know constitutes Uh, in the way what, right. and in, 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 this has been the 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 question of jurisprudence what i'm saying is agar koi adivasi ka case hai tumhare paas for example forest right pe ya experience pe wahan par agar a person who doesn't even know what a stands for adivasi because adivasi is experience you need to really have an experience of the local laws customs traditions sometimes it might contradict with the indian uh, you know indian constitutional value doesn't mean that person is you know criminal and all but the people who decide the future and fate of this communities are the people who don't belong to their background similarly with the dalit experience or obc experience the people are not represented there and there is a huge what we call nepotism in india nepotism is a euphemism for casteism it's a caste network that operates uh, in 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 functioning of nepotism and one should look outlook had actually produced a, a reportage about 2 3 years of extensive Uh, and then they found out they they, they literally uh, went on finding out the relations and so you know the mishra the one that was before uh, his grandfather was also chief justice similarly with now you know of course chandrachud is a liberal of all of them he wrote actually a thesis on affirmative action and reservation 1986 here at harvard for his jd uh, mm. but then his father was also a supreme court judge then of course we have the relatives of Uh, chief justices or governors uh, sorry uh, chief ministers governors and so forth so there is a very clear network and they don't have a public scrutiny and you know the lawmakers especially the hindi bell lawmakers and of course dalit lawmakers most of them have been arguing that we really need to change the way court functions boss because first of all you have your own collegial system collegial system is basically uh, you know you go for viva and in your college and tumhare teacher ko tum pasand hai to acche mark तुमने उसके साथ कुछ मस्करी की रहेगी तो 
um, correct hmm so my my you know so so there is no trust right the, the public needs to trust the court system so they can then you know of course have a transparency that doesn't happen we don't know how and on what merit basis uh, i'll just give you one example if you all remember justice karnan of west bengal high court hmm. he was a he was a dalit high court judge but he was discriminated against by his own judges i mean high court ka judge matlab you know you have you know you have you have, you have, you have achieved hmm. you know uh, but he was discriminated so he made a, he leveled an accusation of casteism against his colleagues and harassment uh, by his superiors you know instead of going and apologizing and saying you know we'll establish a process you know what the supreme court disgraceful supreme court did with all due respect they called him they called him mentally sick mm. they called him lunatic i mean can you imagine a dalit judge of i mean now you tell me the level of casteism that the person of this much reputation makes and you know then what happens six or seven months later these three judges uh, they come on national tv express almost similar grievances but in a, not in a caste lens but tell about the, the dysfunction of judiciary that was one of the arg- uh, allegations that justice karnan had leveled but these three people get a limelight and become the uh, the, the the big guys are you know garnering public sympathy so so why do i bring this is we didn't created a streamlining of process for merit to flourish for talent to be recognized especially in judiciary unless and until you are part of that cabal a very streamlined network almost like a brahmin child is prepared if you are in a judicial line to for you to become a judge and then of course ascend to a certain level that abhinandan has not happened yaar and, and i mean of course here you will have a huge debate if there is no black judge on the supreme court bench if there is no women on supreme court bench if there is no liberal or conservative on supreme bench india mein batao bhaiya it's a total exactly. it's a total feudal uh, kind of you know in fact sir we had a project going right of seeing the uh, yeah. gender and caste representation yeah. of high court how how's that project is it uh, anusuya is doing she's doing it, it. i think we should put that up. actually we're working on a project on this for a while hopefully we should uh, put that up actually our colleague was doing this got our covid our excel sheet Uh, you know how we have put all the judges name hmm. uh yeah. they cast also we have no, actually out. the problem is you and can't the call up them and ask the cast you know we tried to do this in newsrooms i don't know whether you saw this report that we released last year yeah Now, good work guys it was, but <laughs> you know it, it's so hard because half the up were young interns and our volunteers and our other team leaders when they call up even people who i'm friendly with i don't want to name them these are very what uh-huh. they call quote unquote senior journalists Where are you calling from? News laundry. I'll tell her, and then you ask me my cast. I was like, dude, that's a job. She's supposed to call <laughs> all you guys. Ki, bhai, kitne editors hain? So anyway, um, uh, so uh, no, no. I mean, on 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 that way. I mean, sorry, on the on the. I really hope your colleague brings out that. And and for the cast identifier, it's easy, yar. Especially, especially, you know, if you went to the big courts. Uh, you know, it just takes for their bench. Unka jo jahan se wo nikle hai. you know people will always know that you know, you know what happens it is easy you know uh, you know we we actually discussed this with sarthak who was leading this entire project uh, he's mm-hmm. actually uh, i think he's studying for his phd in jnu and he's doing this data kind of is ka koi subject hai but he says the point is that if we just go by surnames our research will be very easily punctured by tumne to aise likh diya bina kisi se puche while he says it is fairly easy in 80% of cases you know just in some cases you won't be able to tell but 
everyone will have a stick to say that your research is flawed because you have just assumed that mathur hai to ye hai sane hai to wo hai so that is why we have to have one more layer of checking so anyway we are figuring out the best way to no, do that no 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 I, i will i will just tell you i mean also can be you know hmm. simply is that is what exactly your colleague has said is very important because see rao jo hai rao brahmin hai hmm. you know but rao can also be a non brahmin you know uh so 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 but that's why i'm saying a second layer of investigation of course surname wise is one but many people kumar laga diya hai singh laga diya usme kya hai but then what happens is that's a second level investigation and that's why you know you need some of the scholars who work on caste especially dalit scholars uh, who are sensitive or even researchers who who know who know how caste functions and they will be able to map it out very very nicely for us so for you guys <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe i should actually yeah. look for that uh, but anyway we we are starting work on that one hopefully next month or the month after so we will see a more robust report uh, anand you want to come in on this whole saifuddin sows supreme court institutions pushing back um is it is is it a you know a scandal like i am claiming or it's not that big a deal it's par for the course now I uh, actually I don't know the details and the sequence of events I have not read it myself uh, but if it is so uh, I think uh, the ju- court has jumped the gun and without due diligence it has uh, while on the part of the state police uh, this kind of stratagems and strategies to uh, keep keep people in house arrest and this uh in lower courts the district police lie many times but uh, this is a high profile case uh, of a senior politician being kept under high arrest, uh, house arrest so the police would be aware that they would be under scrutiny uh, as you said the television cameras went there so they uh, they should have anticipated that uh, the scrutiny would be very soon and still if they did it uh, the point that they did it may be wrong but uh, it is not uncommon in india police lies to courts uh, in lower courts many times but uh, to do it despite uh, the immediate possibility of uh, scrutiny is uh, something um, unusual yes manisha you want to weigh in on this and Uh, I'm wondering if now the Supreme Court will say, "Ab humne video dekh liya hai, bataiye." Or are we at a stage of brazenness where no, no one? No, I gives think a when fuck? it comes to Kashmir, uh, there are just no allies left in mainland India. Hmm. I mean, like you said, even in newspapers that we go by, Indian Express, Hindu, and all, it's not the front page news. That means it's just we've just accepted that it's going to be the centre's rule there, and it's going to be a rule in the way that they want it to be. So there's very little sympathy even. for kashmiri politicians who've been detained or for an average kashmiri hmm. so i don't see this changing anyway but i'm wondering like in this detention how do how does it happen so the police is at your gate and they are not opening the gate that's it like what no. if i just walk out just push my way through and no, like what can they do physically they will stop you na i mean he won't bash you. them up but he will say you can't he'll just stand in front of the gate and mr soz is not exactly the great khali that he can pick up the <laughs> coffin throw him across no if the supreme court wants to see itself uh, you know unbiased they can take note of it and they can take sumoto note of it and uh, i find it highly unlikely for you to be just put in your house like that yeah and for what i mean he's not even a very active separatist voice or he's not no, even a he was once supporting the bjp yeah he's not a <laughs> p- politician who's 
रिगार्डिंग हफ्ता specifically about abhinandan giving his views on deaths during covid he said so many wrong things in the span of 1 minute that i was forced out of my laziness to writing this email gunj you've gone out to say that basically uh, my point about that indian express report i quoted that if there had been a huge number of under reported deaths on covid the overall deaths for this quarter 2019 and this quarter 2020 would have been different and it wasn't uh, i don't agree disagree with what you're saying that it the deaths will rise just because people have got covid right now doesn't mean that there will be no more deaths i was my point was actually very limited i think you may have misunderstood that i was extrapolating that point that covid does not it's not a serious disease i was merely saying that the claim that there are a huge number of unreported covid deaths don't seem that huge or dramatic if you just see the overall deaths registered in this i think that was for uh, a few states delhi and two three more Delhi. It was it was just Delhi. It was just Delhi. Twenty six thousand deaths. Yeah, five thousand short of last of year. Of last year. So you're right. COVID. I mean, one can't be casual about it. But I was that data doesn't add up. You're saying there are other data points that uh, you know uh, the economic cost of the virus is going to cause many deaths. Yes, it's going to, and it might. Uh, then again, the mortality rate of one percent. If one cro- you know crore people get it, then yes, you're right. But I was only talking about the claim of the now. and at least the delhi data doesn't quite back that claim that was my limited point dheeraj says vivek and vivek call and amit varma have started a podcast called econ central why don't we collaborate well dheeraj everybody likes to retain the independence i can happily ask amit but i i don't think he'd want to be if he has his own thing going why would he want to be a part of news laundry really as much as i like his work and happy to get him here but i think independence is important to people uh, this email is a very long one from akshat Akshat has given many points on the Iran China deal. Um he is given four points. We will probably publish this mail uh, so all this can happen on cancel culture he says it is we who, who are perpetuating this phenomenon called cancel culture for minor incidents when some people lost their jobs because of statement of social media it is hardly justified to call it a culture. Uh then he says in your discussion no one sought to clarify the difference between cancel culture and trolling. You haven't cancelled anyone. till the time you haven't put him or her out of his job or other opportunities so trolling is not cancel culture arpit has nice things to say he says he's a follower of our work and our true journalism um he's been wanting to get the true impact of the locust swarms because one day they because big news and then they vanished so he says are more coming from the border uh, we have a nationwide monsoon uh and the last report you did on it was 29th may i believe that in the meantime they have visited all of india and returned back to rajasthan it is covered in the international press arpit i cannot help you on that i really don't know where they came when they went and it vanished from uh, you know headlines those locust swarms last time they came to lucknow okay it was all over lucknow but yeah maybe maybe we can suggest something to read next episode um and now uh, this email is from bimal says please clarify anil hafta he has heard about naming and shaming companies that sponsor arnab like channels in an ideal universe the companies will withdraw their sponsorship to the program and hence someone like arnab will be forced to self censor 
isn't this the same as cancel culture now you don't have any proven criminal nexus between arnab and incitement of communal hatred there is no concrete objective evidence of trust of this in your hand but you strongly feel deep within yourself that what arnab is doing is making our society unsafe the only difference between this and news laundry line of thought and the woke sensitive youngsters of the west is that they are talking they are taking your actions to its logical conclusion in us arnab would never have existed and he'd been forced to censor himself by such actions with if an american news laundry called him out so how are so how's that they who are getting things done as labeled squishy and hypersensitive who don't fully get concepts of freedom of expression and liberty and people like nl team who are failing in getting the same things done are battle hardened realistic mature folks so i think it would be cancel culture if we were taking on arnab for siding with the prime minister or being right wing or being supportive of bjp or being a political propagandist we're not doing any of that in fact it's okay if he was any of that but the fact is that he uses his shows to spread misinformation and inside communal passions palgar was a clear case where he clearly said stuff like hindu hona ab hum mare jayenge agar hum sanatan dharm ko follow karna matlab hinduon ko hatya ho rahi hai matlab he took a he took a crime and made it communal and that's apparent so we called him out for erroneous reporting and communal reporting and i mean we i mean and these are uh, global standards yeah i mean these are acknowledged over centuries what right. misinformation is what communal we're not cancelling wow. him for being a bjp supporter or being so a modi I, I, supporter i think bimal uh, what i think you are might have missed in your uh, analysis is that any culture is not a theorem it's not 2 plus 2 equals 4 and i can prove it and that's that qed cultures exist in collective consciousness in social norms like i can have a show today that says jab tak aurat dahej nahi deti achhi tarah treat mat karo usse shaadi mat karo i can say kali hai to shaadi mat karo i can say agar is caste ka is jati choti jati ko chuo mat आपके हाथ गंदे हो जाएंगे आई कैन से कि अपने बर्तन मुसलमानों को ना दो दैट्स वाइन आई कैन से इट एंड आई थिंक इफ समन सेज ये बंदा क्या बोल रहा है इसका शो मत देखो रेनो सेंसोडाइन अगर आप इसका शो स्पॉन्सर कर रहे हो आप बेवकूफ हो आई डोंट थिंक यू वुड बी राइटिंग दिस मेल इवन दैट इज समन व्यू एंड ट्रस्ट मी इन इंडिया दे विल बी पीपल विद द व्यू दैट आई जस्ट सेड नाउ इन आर व्यू what arnab does or what rahul shiv shankar does other than the outright false reporting they do which is demonstrable that is like in mathematical theorem i can prove that is untrue but even if i were to take that out of the equation in the culture that i believe we live in and in the phase of evolution of liberal thought and tolerance and and mutual respect that we live in he is still somewhere in the stone age so you're right I disagree with Manish. You may call it cancel culture, but it is a culture, and the culture that I come from and that I want to live in, Arnab is a dick from hell and a relic. So I will call him out for it. And no, it's not the same thing. Not because it is math, because culturally it is different. That is my view. If anyone wants to win, Anand, uh, Suraj, Raman, sir, if you want to have anything to say, we've said it all. Suraj, anything on Man. cancel culture is it the same? Yeah. Uh, you mean cancel culture or Arnab? No, just this mail that when we call out sponsors who sponsor such hate-filled shows, are we also basically indulging cancel culture? While I find people hypersensitive if they want, you know, want me to walk around eggshells around that. Is it the this same? Is, this is a failure of this is a failure of liberal value 
you know, what we'll call liberal value is very tested to uh, the purity of waters, meaning if you can see the uh, the base of this lake, you feel it is trusted, but if you can't, then you don't. That's what, what people do is try to always use that logic of, you know, the even the hypersensitivity and all, it's, it's you know, I'm, I'm, I would like to, you know, congratulate you guys for calling out those sponsors who are promoting this kind of hatred because you see, uh, when the uh, Nazi Holocaust was happening, there were corporations uh, who were supporting and, you know, giving intelligence information, like IBM was one of those. Right. Uh, and of course, it was taken to court and, you know, so it's so actually, you know, when you're doing a favor on them by telling them that, you know, these are the wrongs you are doing and you better be, you know, careful because what is happening in this is you are you know in 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 lieu of promoting your personal interests you're actually uh indirectly contributing uh, to create more uh, instability and then sometimes you know so the point is uh, we are right now in war many people don't realize that because many people live in their middle class cushy internet wi-fi houses they don't realize the the amount of war it is going on especially if you look through the political dissidents and all the attacks and all the kind of cases we are talking about. So when this storm will hopefully touch wood, uh, you know, be uh, finished or at least, you know, silence for some time, then we'll be able to hear out what were the wrongs we do. Right now, this, this cacophonious uh, water boundary is just, you know, it's just, it's just become the uh, you know, synonymous to Indian cultural value. And, um, when you are, you know, you're not canceling them, you know, you cancel the people who you think can have a potential of dialogue and they will be repairable. Uh, but but certain cases, as they say, loose cannons, you know, if you know that this is not going to, this is a, a different kind of breed. And even if, for example, uh, the likes of Arnab and, 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 and the others, if they redeem, even in the redemption, there will be a fake I mean, the kind of work they are doing, and and I'm and I'm, you know, people are saying, right? Sab yadra khajaega, and you know, Chaurasias, uh, for example, young daughters are growing up and all. You know, what kind of what kind of memories does he want to give to them? You know, or or also the other kind of you know, uh, uh, cultures for other younger generation. And then of course they will be like, you know, that was a different time. Now I would like to come and apologize. No, in Nuremberg trial, if you fucked up, you fucked up. You gotta stand to the crime right. that you have committed, and of course, I'm taking it to extreme of comparing it to Nuremberg, but I'm just giving as an analogy that you cannot, you will not just wash away hands. So, for the people like you guys, if you are calling it out and making people aware and also telling the sponsors, I think it's the service of democracy. Right. Thank you, Suraj. Um, um, Anand, do you have anything to say on cancel culture? You weren't there last week about our. Am I to? Um, too harsh in my view on safetyism and expecting people to not be offended yeah, by everything. I, uh, I have a very brief point to make and that may be just a semantic quibbling, a kind of uh, nit- semantic kind of nitpicking. But uh, I am uncomfortable with uh, the practice of uh, use of uh, the hate and love dichotomy to represent very provocative media. Uh, I would use harsher terms, but not hate and love. Harsher terms because, say, spite, or I have I said once, spite, malice, but 
not from what they do. They might be doing horrendous things, but the impact on viewers, I don't see it as hate and love because uh, uh, hate and love are very private emotions. And uh, you, uh, if to say that someone is a career, carrier of it or agent of it gives your criticism of it a moral unassailability. You, you cannot, you are putting yourself in a position where nobody would assail you because this is hate and love. Uh, uh, but these are private emotions. The impact on viewers, I see television news viewers. Now, uh, they may be watching horrendous things, but they don't uh, just uh, somehow uh, are filled with hate or love for somebody. Um, what, what I st uh, would club them as carriers of malice, spite. Uh, right. that, that is all. Thanks. Um, now, this mail is from Mithila. Hi there, NL team. I'm sure you've received a lot of mails from people regarding your take on safetyism and your critique and on, on you. Here I am with a rather bland view on the whole thing. Actually, Mitra, I think you have a very nuanced view. Thank you for it. Uh, after reading a few articles on the same, I acknowledge two things. As it is widely known and accepted by many, objectivity is not a way to deal with socio-political issues. Two, political correctness is far from being a sacred virtue. There was an email you guys received in last hafta which criticized Abhinandan and Manisha laughing at some examples that were being cited. All I have to say is that you can't take a person's humorous reaction on anything as they're insensitive towards a certain issue. For all you know, it could have been one of their coping mechanisms. <laughs> so, good point, yeah. Uh, Mithila, you're clearly smarter than I am. Having said that, the examples Abhinandan gave after reading the guy's mail seemed a bit messed up to me. Moreover, Abhinandan, your view on safetyism is sort of quote-unquote basic. I totally agree that it could be very well, it could be taken advantage of, but there are discrepancies almost everywhere. Safetyism isn't in its entirety, may not be the way to go for creating a mentally stable and safe environment. However, as Manisha mentioned, there are still a lot of stigma associated with mental health. Therefore, when it comes to judging the legitimacy of an individual's mental health problems, we must first be conditioned in a way that favors being kind and considerate. For that, the rule of thumb would be, in my opinion, give the concerned person benefit of doubt. Now I have a problem with safetyism culture being portrayed as a catch-22 kind of thing. That's because we must first strive to have conducive workplace environments where expressing one's issue must be an easy task, no matter what the subject is. This might be idealistic to a somewhat complex concept, but I can vouch that this remedy works as it is exception it work remedy as it works exceptionally well in universities where the students studying together and the faculty have a brief but accurate knowledge about each other's background etc thanks mithila um, that was very very useful and the last email is from kinjal who has said that our video on anna nagar um, was really moving and um, it i'm sure it wasn't as bad as the sam floods but their agony is no less uh, horrendous he says, sorry, Kinjal says, oh, what can we as individuals do apart from donations to help make things better for them? I really don't know, Kinjal. You know, um, I guess the only people other than provide material help to help people whose jhuggies have been flown by the rivers or by the overflowing nalis, unless you're physically here, which I would not advise because of COVID, in the current circumstances, I don't see one being able to do much other than donating to organizations that are working, uh, you know, to help those. And like I said, during the pandemic, the exodus, 
just identify an organization that you can vouch for is doing good work and give to them i uh, often work with their foundation i have seen firsthand they do really good work the money is well used so i did not give to any pm fund or cm fund i gave to their foundation because they are still continuing to do very good work identify an organization in your area that i repeat you can firsthand vouch for and and give to them but don't step out yourself i don't think that's advisable on that note i would have loved for a little more on the bihar floods but anand maybe next hafta you can join us even if it's for 15 minutes to give us an update will you be back in patna by next week no not by next week okay the week after anyway i am i am these days dividing my time between mumbai and patna what are you doing in bombay oh uh, it, it i there for uh, someone's treatment and i am oh. also teaching here okay fine all right so um um on that note uh, thanks suraj thanks anand manisha raman uh, can we get our recommendations for the week before we say uh, goodbye and thanks suraj i'm sure it's very late in uh, where you are so thank you for staying up i appreciate it it's 1:16 uh, am oh dear and, god uh, i'm so sorry no bro that that's 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 like that's like a lifestyle but thank you for having me y'all i really enjoyed thank you abhinandan manisha no. And thank and, you. And thank you. I promise to read your book, Cast Matters, Araman. and hopefully we should have you on talking about your book as as a video interview. Uh, through Zoom, we'll do that soon. Uh, but any other Inshallah. recommendations you have uh, for our audience that that would enrich their lives? Um, also, I forgot. I mean, thank you for Anand. All was pending, so let me finish that. And and so, uh, as a reading list, uh, is that what you're asking? I imagine. Yeah, any any recommendation? It could be reading, it could be watching, it could be a show, whatever. Something that you think could benefit our audience. I mean, I think uh, one of the pieces that I recommended is to read Isabel Wilkerson. Uh, and there is a, a series called Cast in America by Philip Martin. Uh, it's freely available. It's sponsored by Pulitzer Center, so it must be on their website too. But even if you do a Google search, Cast in America, Philip Martin, uh you will come across interesting stories so i could recommend that given the current scenario thanks suraj good night please go to sleep and uh, have a restful sleep i guess thank you <laughs> good night. later and i look forward to the to the reports that are going to come out especially on judiciary and i appreciate you guys for all the time and 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 the uh, and the candor thank you so much thanks suraj thank appreciate you. it bye bye adios bye anand your recommendation Uh, yes my recommendation is uh, uh, basically a product of coincidence so it, i was reading some of and uh, uh, literary works set uh, just after independence uh, the decade or decades after independence and this uh, uh, mira nair's adaptation of suitable boy has uh, come though no it's uh, by look of it its trailer does not look promising seems to be another case of a literary work not being adapted well so uh, it, i think it would come on netflix uh, next month it is already on bbc one so uh, my recommendation is but not uh, that adaptation my recommendation uh, is suitable boy itself the novel it's uh, supposed to be one of the longest novels written in english 1500 pages and uh, uh, but not the length uh, i think uh, 
it is the most ambitious novels one of the most ambitious novels written just for the setting of it the the narrative the cast of characters and uh, the atmospherics and intertwined net stories uh state is not a kind of a writer who believes in dazzling you with brilliant sentences or this or contrivances but just pulls you into a world and like those 19th century great novelists so pulling yourself into a world and that he has of course presented only a slice of life of those times and the mainly the upper middle class and elite of uh, um, say the whatever we know as eastern uttar pradesh and bihar as well as calcutta now and these basically these places figure uh, uh there is one uh, i also uh, rate it uh, high because the other much talked about novel of that period and like uh, rashid's midnight children i didn't like it because of its contrivances or to something like marquez when uh, many people readers feel that when horses fly the horse flying horses become a story not the narrative itself so uh, it's, it's, it does not resort to those contrivances is a plain storyteller and very ambitious one uh, my second recommendation is related to that only and that is uh, uh in the same period uh, a very major hindi writer who edited literary journal hans rajendra yadav wrote prayat uh, bolte and which was later published as sara akash now it is a take in and one of the 1950s middle class uh, life and uh, this is a kind of life that that does not figure in states work so i think bo- both together uh, would complement uh, uh, in a way that uh, they would complete a picture of middle class scenario at least in a part of north india these are two uh, these are the two recommendations thank you raman sir yours a mini series uh, called tokyo trial on netflix uh, this is uh, i wasn't in fact aware of this and uh, irfan uh, khan is has acted in that he, he was the india's entry this was about the international you know military tribunal uh, along the line of that nuremberg trials trials yeah. so very interesting in fact and netflix? very well made netflix okay and irfan bathan Uh, has Khan. acted as Irfan Khan has mm. acted as Justice Paul, Justice Paul representing India. Nice one. Hello, Manisha. I second um, Anand's recommendation on Surubi Boy. I think it's a it's one of my favorite novels, which is why I think the uh, series will really disappoint. I mm. can't believe. Yeah, I can't Sirin believe that guy is playing Man. Yeah, that little kid-looking guy. What's his name? Shahid mm. Kapoor's son. Oh, is it? Son, no, brother. <laughs> Oh, is playing who? Man, the okay. character who has who's with the Saida boy. Okay, I mean, he's one of the most fascinating characters. Hmm. So, yeah, uh, but yeah, definitely read uh, Suitable Boy. There's an interesting piece in Film Companion by Bharadwaj Rangan on uh, the headline is "Films may be on break, but our obsession with film news clearly isn't." He explores this whole outsider insider Kangana. Sushant Raj Kapoor uh, dynamic pretty well, and he also places the burden on the audience. For example, I didn't know that uh, Dhadak, which featured Janvi Kapoor and Shahid Kapoor's brother. See, I don't even know his name. He's just Shahid Kapoor's brother. Hmm. 
मेड क्रेजी माउंट ऑफ मनी एंड सोनचिड़िया मेड अबाउट वन वन पॉइंट टू करोड़ सोनचिड़िया एंड एट पॉइंट सेवन वन करोड़ धड़क सो ही सेज दैट इट्स ऑल फाइन टू आउटरेज एंड ऑल दैट बट यू गैज ऑल्सो नीड टू ऑडियंस ऑल्सो नीड्स टू रियलाइज वॉट देर इनकरेजिंग एंड वॉट देर यू नो पुटिंग आउट दे एंड आई थिंक इट्स वेरी गुड पीस आई एम ऑल्सो रीडिंग कपिल कोमेडीज मेलविल एंड रिपब्लिक इट्स बिन टॉक्ट अबाउट क्वाइट बिट बट आई रिसेंटली पिक्टेड अप इट्स रियली इंटरेस्टिंग रिफ्रेशिंग इट्स नॉट द यूजल सॉट ऑफ स्टफ दैट्स रिटर्न अबाउट इंडिया एंड इट्स मोस्टली पोस्ट इंडिपेंडेंट इंडिया सो इट्स इंटरेस्टिंग एंड आई वॉच होटल मुंबई दिस इज एन ओल्ड मूवी अबाउट ट्वेंटी सिक्स इलेवन अटैक इफ यू हैवन वॉच इट यू शुड इट रियली बॉइल्ड माई ब्लड वॉचिंग इट आई थिंक इट रियली ब्रिंग्स to for the horror of that terror this attack this is anupam kher bomani rani it's a fabulous mm. movie it mm. took a foreigner to make it just the way they capture the whole thing of being in that hotel being trapped the indiscriminate way in which they went about murdering mm. slaughtering people with ak47s and you had like your cops with like mm. with such sad ass weapons going after these <laughs> and these young boys you know that it's also works as a good propaganda film for the right i guess because it really makes you angry against pakistan and makes you really angry at this whole terror nexus and also the how the government then was completely like for one day they just didn't know what was happening they were just completely hmm. it took 24 hours for remember, proper was, enforcement to come i was shooting highway on my plate and we were somewhere in punjab i think i was in ludhiana jalandhar and uh, i think rocky amur came and said have you seen the tv i was like what he said yahan saath dekhte hain so we went to their room and this was happening in the first report so that is a gang war because i think cafe mondega was the first one to yeah leopold and then later yeah yeah for the longest later, time they, they thought said, it's a gang like, war and then of course as Uh, then I remember we had to go to sleep. I said we have a really five o'clock start in the morning. Please, everyone, go to sleep so we can wake up on time for the. And the chilly, the the most chilling aspect is that here are these men who, how do you fight someone who doesn't care about death? I mean, they were there to die and kill. Yeah, but the but, so it's and I, but I think from this you have to learn lessons. You make sure that you don't turn more people into those who don't care about course, being pushed course, to the wall, which is I think also what's happening. But um my recommendations are two I think there's a very important piece and I think it won't be read enough purely because Shivam has written it and Shivam Vij has a lot of haters But Shivam Vij has read a lot I know he but he provokes a, aptly for people to a lot of people also just because Shivam hai because you know he sometimes writes provocative pieces sometimes he makes predictions which don't come true or whatever but but he writes a lot of good pieces this is a very important piece in print it says Indians will regret their silence over Modi's ever growing list of political prisoners and he lists all the people you know if you stand up against that you know one after the other we don't know yet we are recording this early in the morning but we'll know later in the day we have some information about some students that may be picked up by the police today so i think it, this is an important piece and one thing that i recommend actually an awful and awesome and i want to you know suggest on hafta because i want the hafta audience to watch it it's a show called norseman on netflix and i think it's hysterically funny i was cackling like a witch while watching it but what also struck me was how it has escaped the scrutiny of the woke police uh, like you know uh, little britain was 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 uh, had to apologize the makers of so many shows have apologized here they make jokes on people who are differently abled they are rape jokes they are jokes on pillaging and some have a broader point which i understand humor works like that if you make a bigger point you can use a fulcrum that is you know offensive but some of these jokes are they're just for the fuck of it it is not making a broader point and how does how does this show get a free pass uh, but i think it's a very funny show and it has some really good contemporary references also 
on that note i'd like to thank lippy aditya anil and everybody else that go into making this show and like i said a lot of people work hard to make these shows happen these podcasts happen our reporting also costs money do go to newslawney.com see what we do pay to keep news free and for the duration that hafta is free share it with five or six people you know uh and if you can please don't stop paying just because hafta is free for this time period we still need to pay bills and salaries i'd like to end this hafta with the song dedication to the central government and its constant utterances down the few years to the supreme court laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.